Good morning, Patriots. Today is Sunday, January 14th in the year 2024. You know, last night we had an, a different event, and we've never done one. I was not really sure how it would turn out. I think Michelle, Leah, and um, myself did an open Zoom last night and live streamed that on Rumble to kind of create a an open corporate online worship, which is very interesting. There was a lot of success to it. There was also a lot of attack to it, which was not surprising. And uh, ended up with a bunch of, um, it was, a, it was the system got hacked 
I mean, when I say that, people got inside of it for a period of time, and they were all trying to proclaim to be Muslims when they were actually Satanists. <laughs> it was pretty wild. But in the overall thing, it ended up being very successful. We had almost 300 people online last night for five and a half hours of corporate worship, which is tremendous. And it just kind of shows you the hunger. And uh, so it's really one of those things that we have to continue to pursue, I think, because this is it's going to be more and more necessary, these sorts of coming togethers in fellowship to do the, the powerful things. We did prayer worship last night, so I mean, prayer and healing. We did, there was some actually some really good corporate worship. But we're going to pray into that later this morning for reasons of the, sort of the, the sort of evil that was lurking there and what it tries to do. And we're going to, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Um, one thing right now is make sure, and I, I say this a lot, but I'm really, really emphasizing this. Make sure that you um, get a good night's sleep. And with that, Make sure that you're you got all the right sleep products. There's um, a need, I think, for everybody to have a more sleep than we get. I'm guilty as charged. I always get less than I probably need. But I will say this: and the, the my pillow products that I have are essential to making sure that what sleep I do get is always excellent. And I is always I always laugh when I do these ads because I never thought I would be talking about pillows and sheets from a legitimate point of saying it makes a difference. It does make a difference. And I think added to that is the, is the true comfort of mine knowing that the company that's been behind this is truly an American company with liberty at their heart. And I think we all know how much they have tried to destroy Mike Lindell and his company. So all you have to do is head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards is our location over there on the my pillow site and go through that and take a look at some of the great products my the my pillow 2.0 is great, fantastic the giza cotton sheets fantastic everything has got great sales and the best thing about what mike does is it's it's consumer direct which of course does not make the cabal happy but makes us happy and to take advantage of those great savings you just use your bards code b-a-r-d-s and it is again great products great company great things for our lifestyle, which is important. Um, <laughs> I think everybody better have a my pillow in your in your bug out bunker and maybe even your bug out bag. They've got little pillows too for your bug out bag. It should be pretty cool. You'd be around your other fellow patriots waging war and you pull out pull yourself over for a quick cat nap and you pull out your my pillow. They'd be looking at you like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, huh, making sure I've got the best night's sleep ever. So head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bars, promo code bars. You will not mistake, will not be upset you did. It's a good, good product, great people, something everybody needs. Promo codes, parts. All right, so last night we did a, called it Praying Against the Storm, a storm that's been moving in, which has had levels of pretty extreme cold. Bozeman last night, Montana had a wind chill of minus 68 We've had some cold up here, nothing radical down in southern Oregon. Portland's had more uh, cold than in the southern part of the state, which is pretty typical, just so you know, because Portland has the Columbia River and the Willamette River that end up bringing in a lot of that, and the, that's the 
the Columbia Gorge opens up, and that always ends up being an icy mess. Because of the nature of the coastline on the Oregon coast, which is the coastal range, clouds that come through here, and the southern part usually get disrupted, so there's the elevation changes and the, and the need for clouds to essentially drop moisture don't leave us with many days that we actually get cold, freezing snow down in southern Oregon. We get some, but not a lot. In Portland, because of the nature of the gorge, flatter, less resistance coming off the ocean, they get a lot. And so that's, that's part of the storm is hitting some of these cities pretty hard. Midwest is getting hit hard. So we'll definitely want to pray for them today. And with this, we had this event last night, which was Pray Against the Storm. And it was, again, it's one of these things I call, you're going to hear me reference a lot. A lot. These are kind of pop-up events that we're experimenting with in trying to bring a an event environment, corporate worship, to more people faster than just the single Bards Fest that we will end up having. And I don't know, you know, I said last year, I think at Bards Fest, I said there was going to be like nine Bards Fest. There'll be nine, more than nine events that we do this year. There will only be one Bards Fest this year, at least as it sits right now. There's just too many other things happening this year, and that one Bards Fest as it sits right now will again be in Flemingsburg. We'll get more details on that in the coming weeks. So we had this event last night, and we got started, and it went pretty well. And all of a sudden, we started getting in this. And what we were doing last night is we used an open Zoom. Now, I do not like Zoom. I don't think anybody likes Zoom. It just happened to be the format. I think next time we do it, we'll probably do it on the Bards Nation site since we can do video conference on Bards Nation. And we'll gear up to do that differently next time. And we'll probably do a uh, different type of vetting coming in. I have to decide how we're going to do that. We've got to, we were going to have to add some security protocols to this because what happened is it's an open worship. We put the link out there. Um, a group, which I'm pretty sure was an intelligence level hack or at least some sort of organization that was backed by intelligence agencies. And there's reasons I have that suspicion. I got inside the zoom, meaning a couple of things. Meaning they were actually in the chat with us, in the Zoom chat. But they were flipping their name um, at really high speed. And so what they would what they would do, and I and so I say I'm pretty sure they had some back doors that they accessed the actual Zoom program with. And then every time that they we would speak at certain things, like, like talking about faith or Jesus, or in particular when I was talking, they would interrupt with blaring um worship, Islamic worship music, like coming from the towers or the imams screaming, or they would do, um, they'd say some pretty ugly things like Al-Akbar and other stuff. And so it, to be honest, in full testimony, this is really important for me, and, and I'm bringing this testimony up this morning to kind of talk to you about the nature of spiritual warfare. My first reaction was, was anger and to the point of rage. And I don't, I'm going to be honest, this is a, another world and another time for me, okay? And it was, um, it was a sort of focal, focal, I, I think the, in, the difference rather than anger and rage, probably just stated this way, just a pure vile hatred for these people. And that's a better way of qualifying it. And, and I will tell you, that's been a long time 
since I've had that in my chest. Um, and that's a, that, that goes back to probably 2006, 2007. And that hatred is acrid. It was really ugly. And I found I had to literally step back from the Zoom call for a short period of time and just pray and just kind of get myself centered. When I uh, kind of got myself back again, I stepped in. I, I did something that was extremely, it was, it was some of this was a demonic attack, a 100% demonic attack, and that's correct. And it was, and it became pretty evident later because later they were dropping satanic stuff in there, very ugly satanic things, even in the images in chat. And so I began to pray into this, and I won't tell you it was easy, but I started to list the sort of criminality and crimes, just horrific crimes against children that I saw within their religious structure in Afghanistan. And every time adding the peace, and we still love you. Let me assure you, that was not an easy thing to do. Um, but it was, a, it was a process that Holy Spirit put on my heart that allowed me to get through a moment. But I was given these words, Joshua did not have a hateful heart. And it was a very humbling moment because I realized that at the moment that Joshua was going into Jericho and what I was shown is that his heart was that of God. It wasn't his heart. So when we say things like love what God loves, hate what God hates, that's a God-level thing. It's not a personal thing. And that's what was hap what had happened, that first reaction to me. And it, the reason I bring this up is it also showed a vulnerability in my own armor, something I thought I just kind of dealt with, but I don't think I've, I haven't. And I'm dealing, this is kind of where I'm sitting in the next few days. I'm going to be doing some pretty deep uh, repentance and dive into myself and some deliverance to kind of dig out whatever that is because it creates a weakness in us that the enemy exploits. And the enemy goes after it hard. The enemy was going after, uh, there was a couple kids on the call that they got very freaked out. Uh, there was a young girl on there as well that they were going after. She's fearless, but nonetheless going after. Naturally, they're going after Michelle and Leah. And so what they're trying to provoke that they always do, dude, the enemy is a, is a coward. And the enemy, um, and truly, I mean, that when we speak of what God hates, this is what God hates, is leveraging the emotions of coward, to use the cowardice and the emotions to pour in. It's, and God hates other things, but I mean, this is when you, when you say what God hates, love what God loves, hates what God hates. This is cowardice, and this is the worst time. And we know that in, in, in Revelation, it talks about, at a certain point, the first to go, to the, to the first to be taken to the lake of fire are going to be the cowards. And these are cowards all of them. And especially with the sort of satanic imagery and, and horrific things, and they're trying to seed fear is what they're trying to do. And fear in your heart so that you start to worry and consternate over things of, well, what happens if it is real? And there's a very ugly side of Islam, very ugly. It's worse than Christianity in its ugliness. This is a ugly side of Islam. Because there is such a vile hatred at a certain level in Islam. I need very clear. This is not a condemnation of Islam as a whole. But what has happened in Islam is there is a segment, which is actually very sizable in its, in its movement, of people that have sucked on board with this religious hatred for the rest of the world. It's no longer a faith. It's a religion of, of hatred. And those people that follow that are being exploited by typically by Western intelligence agencies. 
to be able to use them as a vanguard to move into societies and literally destroy them. And Western culture in the, in the Christian format has become weak. And as we become weak, we, we, our reaction then as a culture is that we re react emotionally. I can be fearful. I can be re react with anger and rage. And we don't hold a steady line. And the, in the, is, this Islamic extremism exploits that, knowing that Christianity, for the large part, has been broken in its strength. And I rebuke that. I mean, when I, you know I do. But I found myself in a strange position last night to where I was walking into the one thing I speak of all the time, don't be weak and be strong in God. Instead, I was being strong in my hatred and not strong in God. Very different position. And, I, I don't, and it's something that it's about. Now it's a discipline to have to go in and to address this and to pray into it. We're going to pray into that very shortly here. Because this was a test run, ultimately. We, we got a chance to see a lot of what we don't see on a daily basis. We're not seeing what Europe is seeing. We're not seeing and, and we're, what's happened with, with American men that they've cowered back. What's happened with the American faith is it's cowered back. And it's taught this skinny jean weak pulpit, which just proves it again last night to just how much they exploited. Now, to the credit of everyone on that call, they pivoted and they prayed into it ferociously, which was wonderful. And as I pulled back just off for a minute just to get my head focused and understand there's three and a half years of my life invested in this sort of vile nonsense that I dealt with over in Afghanistan. And... As much as I'd like to say, yes, I jumped in the front and I led the charge, that was not my initial reaction. Because my initial reaction in full transparency <laughs> was looking for my sword and my gun. But, I mean, that's not the place that we go, okay? As I took a step back, I was able to analyze and get a pretty good handle on how they were doing the hack. I was able then to work with Michelle, and we were, and I was, it, first I got on the line and I was able to pray into it with these very intense, like, you know, this is the crime that you did, we loved you anyway. This is the crime you did that we loved you anyway. And articulate some very specifics so that we're actually bringing receipts into what they do to try to expose them, which didn't go over well with this attack going on. And it just, it, in fact, it shook it up and it started to create problems. And then by working with Michelle open on the, on the air, we were able to go through and identify these hackers and I, it's the only way I can call it because they got inside and what they were doing was not normal within Zoom. And then we were able to eliminate them. Now, the minute that we eliminated the last one, call this God timing. I wouldn't call it God timing. I'd probably call it just timing of evil. The minute that the last one got removed, at the same moment I was about to speak about Anthony LeVay and how Dave Bryan led his church to cutting the silver cord and ultimately led to the death of Anthony, Antoine LeVay. The minute that that happened, and I, all the, I heard this pop, and the entire power went off from where I'm living all the way up 60 miles north. The power went off. And so we immediately had to shift and pivot immediately because that's, there's a, we've got a cold storm coming in. And here we were praying against the storm. And, um, and so we're, as we're praying against the storm, you know, this is now suddenly we have no power, but there's no storm here. I mean, honestly, there's no storm. This is like normal. So, of course, you know, this is me. My immediate process is safety, safety of the family. Get yourself armed, ready first. And, and, I, and I think this is a protocol I'm just going to pass on to you. 
we're going in some pretty crazy times. I don't, I mean, we prayed on this as well, and God indicated with several words that what happened last night was a test run. Well, test run on many levels. So what I'm also sharing with you is a, is a testimony of a lessons learned. So we kept focused. My focus was the shift and pivot to making sure that we had security around the property. Um, Paul jumped in and got generators going immediately. And literally, the we, we were able to test some of our gaps and preparedness, and we were ready to roll. Literally, I mean, back up and running without without internet, but I mean, back up and running in, in the here with lights and cooking was able to kick started because dinner was right in the middle. Everything was a shift, and, and it took us about 30, 40 minutes, and everything was back to stable again, which is credit to the levels of preparedness we have. It can be better, and we'll work on that, but also just the ability to mobilize and get everybody focused. And to the credit of the Cantrell children, uh, because they've been camping with their parents for about a year on the road, their ability to pivot and take on job responsibilities was impressive. I mean, literally, some of the kids pulling together, getting all their pillows together and getting ready to stay warm if they needed to. Others going and getting water, um, just because we're on well water. So they were getting water backed up in case we needed, in case this was going to go for an extended time. All these things and protocols that we had set up worked. So that's a huge credit and thank and praise Jesus for that. And then I was able to come back online on my phone and join the rest of the call and um, finish it off of, because the cell towers weren't down. So this is another weird one. Cell towers weren't down. And then right at the end, as we finished, we're in our final prayers, the power came back on. So praise Jesus for that. Um, all of this is a probably a pretty good indication of the sorts of things that we have to face as a nation coming up. Our power grid, you, we keep hearing it in the news, we keep hearing it over and over, is extremely fragile. And this group of people that are moving into the United States that we keep talking about in terms of vile hatred, this was a glimpse into the level of hatred and nastiness of who they are. These people are demonic. And so I say all this, and it's not at all to put fear in anybody. I we went, We're going to pray into this today for strength because... Even myself, in finding my weakness, and my weakness was hatred for a particular class of entities. I keep, I don't even think they deserve human qualification, to be honest with you. But my hatred can't be my hatred. My hatred has to be God's hatred. And if it's God's hatred, it's a hatred of strength and righteousness. If it's my hatred, it becomes a, a tool of weakness of the heart. And that's where that lesson to me was a good one last night. Because it was also started to be able to strike at me when they were going after the young girl or the children. My contempt for that wasn't a focused righteousness. It became a, a really dark hatred, which is, it's very accurate. In fact, and it's so accurate that I can still feel it in my body. It's like, kind of like a, a flood of, of adrenaline. And I, and I don't like it. It's, um, when I say that, there's a, it's just one of these things that, now it's the process of resetting, retooling, disciplining again, harder into the word, focus into what this war is, and keeping us in mind that this war is first and foremost a demonic war, spiritual in nature. So the, the point that God keeps saying to me over and over is get deeper into the word. And with that process of getting deeper into the word, that means reading the scriptures more than we do. I mean, that's 
like I said, there's this challenge I have on my heart by the end of the month to get through the Founder's Bible front to back, cover to cover, nonstop, and I'm working on it. And it will the goal will be hit. I don't know if I'll hit the exact benchmark of January 31st, but hopefully it'll be close. The point is to read the Bible from front to back and then do it again. And this is a year we have to keep doing that because we need to bring the word into us and let God tattoo on our heart those things that he needs us to have. And he needs to reveal to us those things where he needs us to be. And that's going to come from us marinating in the word. And one of the things that, one of the prophetics that's, um, that's around is, I just talked to or came across recently, is a prophetic that um, he works in Mexico. And um, this uh This prophetic, literally, and in his free time, he never listens to music, and um, he only listens to the Word of God. And in doing so, he uh, he constantly says that the Word is something we have to observe, as the hear and absorb as the Word, which means as a spoken word. So he believes very deeply that um, if we aren't listening to the Bible constantly, that we're not getting the fullness of what it is. So I'm encouraging you, and this is something that it's, you know, it's all like, it's, I can't believe we're at the 14th of this month already. 14th, this is incredible. And um, it, we, uh, we really have, this month is so fast going by, going by so fast already, halfway through the month, and we have just had so much happen in this year that you can imagine what the whole 2024 is going to be like. So what I'm going to encourage you all to do is a couple of things. It's a challenge more than anything, and the challenge is this. The challenge is that I, to, one, get a Founder's Bible. And, I, and I'm, I'm not... I keep I say this because this isn't a sales pitch, and we've got it set up with Brad Cummings that if you use your Bard's code, you're going to get twenty percent off on your Founder's Bible. That's he would give these away if he could. I didn't realize until the other night when he was on the show Friday night that forty percent of what he charges has to go to copyright stuff to use the NA the NASB nineteen ninety five. But anyway, that said, get a copy of the Founder's Bible, even if it's in digital form. Better to have paper though. Do, do get paper. And I say that because you can use any Bible, read any Bible you want. I'm not, but the Founder's Bible is so rich for this time. It, it's intended to be a Bible of this time for us to bring back this nation and read it front cover to cover and read it at least three times this year. Make that a minimal goal. And at the same time, get an application. So um, get the application so that you can listen to the Bible all the time. And this is something I'm doing because I believe right now we need to marinate ourselves so deeply in the word that the word becomes the only thing that's circulating through us. And that starts to separate ourselves from the nastiness of this whole um, that we could literally step away from the corruption of our thinking and step into the purity of thinking that God wants us. So that's my challenge to you because I'm, I'm doing it myself. You know that I never put out challenges that I don't believe in doing myself. And all of that loops back to what was going on last night because in the intensities of the attacks, it was such a good test run. This was an ambush last night. And when you get an ambush like that 
and you start, you have to assess. That's one of the things about an ambush. Once you, you go through an ambush, then once you're done with successfully surviving the ambush, then you pull your team together or yourself and you say, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And you do a, a hot wash, which is what it's called, the quick ideas of pouring out what worked and what didn't work. And then when you lay that out, then you look and say, okay, where were my personal strengths? Where were my personal weaknesses? And I would guarantee you that most people, everybody will find weaknesses, not most, everybody will find weaknesses. And those are the areas which we have to improve on more. So my, my encouragement to you, just because of the nature of this fight, read, a, read the Bible, hopefully Founders Bible, at least three times this year, cover to cover, and just go through it once, twice, three times. If you can do six times this year, it'd be great, which is one reading every two months. And more if you can. Then get, a, get an audio app for the Bible and listen to it in all your free time and put yourself to sleep with it every night. Just put the headphones in. And I'm sure that some of you do that already. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, hey, I've got all the great answers. I'm just putting forth to you the challenges that I'm taking on, that God put on my heart. And if God's putting it on my heart, I'm saying probably a good idea for all of us to reflect on since it seems to be a pretty urgent thing this year to get deeper into the word and go farther into it. So there's a challenge, and I think it's a good one. I, I, I was actually I go like, wow, there's actually zero downside on this challenge, right? Can you imagine like somebody going like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, reading the Bible. Oh, oh and what else are you going to do? Listening to the Bible. I, I mean, like, where's the downside on that? It's like somebody saying like, you're actually going to start walking each day? Really? Yes, but I'm going to walk with the Lord each day. So it is so such an amazing time right now that we are in. So let, let's begin with just a prayer to set the condition today, and then we're going to get into our, our, get into our prayers as a whole. So Father God, I just want to thank you for this assembly and the blessed fellowship that we have that comes together every Sunday morning. And these, this is just the hearts of kingdom that come together, that we lean into you, Father, and we say, look, Father, we're here. Our hearts are open we want to have the heart, your heart. We want to have your eyes. We want to have your ears in this world that we walk. And we are just so blessed to literally be here in this time and this hour to be standing up against an evil as part of one of the greatest rescue missions in the history of humankind. Father, as we get a glimpse and you've done a, just such an amazing walk with us to walk us into the nature of this evil, we're able, we've had time to prepare our lives. We have time to physically prepare, and now we're into that most important foundational piece as the war begins to rise up and, and begins to really show its face, and that enemy begins to take more prominent positions around us. We're, we're being told and led again and again to dig deep, deep into the Word. And so, Father, we just ask for that inspiration, the beautiful inspiration of the Word to inspire us to such a degree that we lean into it, we dig into it, we go farther and further than we've ever gone. We have the fire of righteousness that literally burns in our belly that as we pick up the word and we pick up the scriptures, we can't but read more and go farther and go deeper and go faster and where need be, take time, but to let you work with us and pour that word into us. So Father, as we enter into this morning, we just ask for a blessing on everybody that's here. And I pray this blessing that will touch everybody to be inspired to a new level to seek the word and to right now take with a measure of urgency to get through all of the Bible and then to come back through and do it again and to get this absorbed into us 
so that you allowing you to tattoo within us on our heart, those scriptures, those words, those passages that are so important for what you see in us and where you want us. And so, Father, with this, we just raise this whole community up, and for that matter, the whole world up, that wants to seek and find that way through, through the word. And in so doing, take the additional measures to add every chance we can to listen to the word, audio at night, audio during the day, in our free time, absorbing the word to bring it into our hearts. And so as we enter into this morning of prayer and healing, may that be the blessing that begins today, that settles into us, that fills us, and to, that guides us and consumes us. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's funny. It's such a fundamental issue. And, and, and when I say that, it's like I say these things like the challenge, and I almost hear in my heart, it's like, you know, like, seriously, dude, like, that's a challenge. It should be a given. Um, which it is. Don't don't get me wrong on that in any way. It is a given. But it's a given in the right way. It's a given that's saying that, hey, we need to be reminded sometimes of the most fundamental things. And it, and I'm I say these things too with great humility because I'm not questioning what you do. And I'm not at all questioning whether you do read the Bible or not read the Bible or how you do your life. And that's not a that's not a statement of saying like, I've got a better way. And I don't think it's coming across that way, but I just want to reiterate that because I know that a lot of you out here do an amazing job of reading. I'm just really encouraging everybody to level up to something new, to go to a new pressure, to go more intently with more focus, with more speed so that we're going through this. And, you know, it's, and really keep that in mind that, you know, this is by virtue even of the name of the show, which I went into on Thursday night's show, this is a field manual. That's how God has put it to me. That's how I see it. You know, the the Bible is the field manual of war, and we're in a war, and it's vicious, and it's there. All right, Patriots, let's begin. Um, we have a lot, some great prayer requests, but let's begin with one particular couple of them that are really heavy on my heart tonight, or today, not the tonight. It's, just, it's morning, Scott. Hello. 7.40 a.m over here on the West Coast, where I got tonight. I'm, I'm, I think my mind is still blending from last night. Again, a tremendous turnout last night. When you consider 300 people plus online for five and a half hours of corporate worship, plus the people on Zoom, despite the satanic trolls that were removed, and in spite of all the disruptions, and there was a lot of them. So, you know, praise, praise Jesus for that. It's fantastic. It speaks a lot. Okay, I want to begin a prayer today for everyone that was in that call last night. In particular, I want I want a prayer focused on Michelle and Leah, Abigail, and the children that were there in addition to that. And and for that matter, everybody was on the call, but in particular because there were some very ugly things targeted at them last night. So, Father, I'm just going to absolutely rebuke, make, put a prayer of protection around all of those that were on the call last night, all of those who were participant in the show, but particularly hedge of protection around Michelle, Leah, Abigail, and the little ones that were there. And we just pray a, a prayer of, of the soothing, healing, and strengthening of the heart, and, and just to flood in the power of Holy Spirit to just take away any of that hesitant doubt, that evil that was trying to seed itself in to set the seeds of fear. We just absolutely rebuke all that was said and done last night in just the name of Jesus. And we rebuke it and we cast it to the lake of, of fire. And Jesus, we just ask now that you can just touch each one of these 
each one, each person that were there last night, participant in the call that was being attacked, to just flood them with your love and flood them with your healing and flood them with the strength of the warrior Christ within their hearts. And Jesus, I, I'm always asking another thing, which I think is more than just in in, in the the levels of authorities given to us that may tread towards even greater works. Jesus, I'm praying and we and asking and even declaring that those involved in the attack last night, those spewing the hateful things, those spewing the anti-love of God things, trying to spew the hatred of manipulate another faith to a faith of hatred, I pray and, and, and declare with the, with the willingness of all that in, is involved that they now have to face you in their dreams for the eternity, that for the rest of the time that they live, that you will show up in their dreams and remind them truly of the true one God to, to haunt them in their hatred so that they must face the power of love, torment them into tears until they break and, and make a choice of whom they serve. And the tormenting is a tormenting of, of repentance. It's the tormenting of true love, of coming to them and showing them the power of your hands, the power of your love, the power of your heart that says you shall be forgiven. But to put that in their dreams, in their walking life, in their walking, waking dreams, so that now they must confront love and cannot escape love. And the accountability for what they did last night in spewing hatred is that they must now be able to be subjected to love and the forgiveness of love in their heart that they don't even know exists in their heart, but that we will show them and show them through you, Jesus. And may it be so profound that it literally shakes them, makes forces them into a question of whom they are, what their purpose is here, and whom they truly serve. In the end, Jesus, I think there's no question where they will arrive. But like all things, we have free will. But let their hatred now become their greatest weakness, not their greatest strength. And may it be confronted with the true power of the sword of the Spirit. And may that vile hatred turn upon them. And may this hedge of protection, which we place around Michelle and Leah and Abigail and, and the little ones and all that were there, as we wrap our arms around and we raise our hands up and we say, this is a hedge of protection built in the blood of Jesus. This is a hedge of protection built in the, in the mightiness of kingdom. And Father, we just ask that you'll deploy war angels to secure these people's lives and their families, to ensure that this hatred doesn't spew over into some vile action of the flesh. And we rebuke any of that thought, and we repel that thought, and we cast it to the lake of fire, and we speak instead life, that what come, will come out of last night will be life and the rising up of the mightiness of the word that will now echo into eternity and echo into the annals of, of the histories of the web that will rise up and demonstrate over and over that evil cannot prevail even in its home turf which was the digital world, that we shall push love into all circuits and all places, and that love shall shake the very root and core of the evil that says it's taken a presidency. And we will use love as a powerful weapon. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Love what God loves, hate what God hates. It's going to be my theme for a while, so get used to it. But I use hate, like I say, over and over. We have to be careful with that term. Hatred is, is a slippery slope. It really is. And hatred so, can so quickly turn to something so darkly vile. And we have to be careful. It's God's position on that, not ours. 
And so now Patriots also going to pray for the 231, which is the Declaration of Military Accountability, also known as the DMA, all those 231 signatories that are on that letter. There's a lot of counter-reaction going on right now. um, And what's happened is that in the notorious way that the deep state likes to work, it will always use any position it can legally to exploit that legality to the most darkest and draconian way to make people suffer pain and in turn also to have to deal with consequences that the group then will hopefully split and then be pulled once again into hatred. Here's what has been happening and just there is some maneuvers within the Department of Defense by senior general officers who are guilty. Be clear about this. Guilty of crimes against humanity, of treason, and the violation of oath. They have willfully participated in an event of mandating a shot that has caused the actual death of soldiers that have been mandated, basically mandating execution. And we know this. So what they've done now is with this letter, they've started to identify or try to identify those that are in uniform that signed on to that. And there are some. And they may go so far as to even go after those that are veterans that are, especially if they're on dependencies, like if you have VA benefits or if they have um, retirement salaries. And my guess is that's coming. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to charge mutiny. Now, why mutiny is an important crime is because mutiny is a, is a uh, if you're charged and found guilty of mutiny, the, the punishment is death. So naturally, they want to seed that fear into everybody. And I will tell you that this is not going to work, just letting you know. Because <laughs> these people, I, I'm going to say it, they are so stupid. They really are. They like, all of us in this group in one way or another have served in actual combat. And we're just kind of like, okay, when we sign on to that letter, you have to understand, and we know that, that I just got the number here, 18,647 people have signed on to that public document as well. We need that to be a million people, by the way. Please continue to share it and get people to sign on. But when we took an oath, the oath wasn't for oath until it's, you know, the fair weather is gone. It wasn't a fair weather oath. This was an oath for our life. And it was an oath that when we took the oath, the oath never dies. We serve our nation in and out of uniform because we took an oath to protect from enemies foreign and domestic. Now, most of you have taken the oath since then. And that's been a, that was a great project led by General Flynn to a certain degree. And so I just congratulate you if you have. If you haven't, you can. We can work that out. But that means something. It means something that you're willing to. And it's and I, when I put this down in the oath, a lot of people are saying, I'm not taking an oath because I, I'm with God. This oath is a country that was blessed by God. We're giving our oath first to, the, to God and then to the nation, but not to politics. Don't just don't get confused by it. So anyway, that said, um, we need to pray for this group and pray for the mightiness of the sword of spirit to overcome. So let's do that. Father God, I'm just going to pray into the group, the 231 members, signed signatories that put their name on the letter known as the Declaration of Military Accountability or DMA. And so, Father, as we pray into this, we're asking truly for a 
powerful hedge of protection to be placed around each and every one of these members and their families. And to anchor that hedge of protection in the blood of Christ, this hedge of protection is truly one built in the mightiness and strength of kingdom. And we ask, Father, as your will be done, to provide war angels to protect each and every one and to fight with each and every one of the spiritual realm. Father, we also pray a, a, a reviving and inspiring moment for this entire group that everyone in the 231 takes up first and foremost the sword of spirit, meaning that they begin to read again from front to back the power of the word. Let them absorb and marinate in the word in this critical hour. And let them lean into you. Let, let us always give victory to you. Let us always praise you for the glory of where, what it is, not ourselves. And to look at our enemy, not with vile hatred, but with the righteousness of truth and the condemnation that comes ultimately from the words, love what God loves, hate what God hates. And may we pray into those that are trying to wage vile war against their own kind, that are trying to declare things to protect their own accumulation of power and wealth and may these may what they've may what these elites have done and these leaders have done to sacrifice their responsibility in protecting a nation and protecting soldiers be so looked at in heaven that it be judged in such a way as that the that the riches that they've accumulated on this earth be stripped away from them and the power that has been put in their hands be stripped away from them and we pray deeply into this, Father, and we raise up this 231 as we raise up every other person that's signed on this document to create a voice that echoes so profoundly in the space and time of, of where we live that truly it cannot be denied. And so, Father, we also pray a blessing and a thank you for the fact that this DMA was entered into the congressional record on January 11th, 2024, that it is now a document part of the cultural history of the United States and part of the current war against evil to save this nation. And may this document be now in the, as it be just like a, a, a virus of a positive kind, a God virus, that now that it is put into the, into the congressional record, may it now move through the congressional ranks, the people read it, and may it shake their hearts, and it may, be, may it down force them to confront whom they're actually serving, their responsibilities, and what they're actually required to do. And may it break off those chains that are binding them or those willful participations in darkness that they're participating in. May it be, a, be such a profound moment in our history that literally the voices that we are looking for, those senior leaders begin to wake up. And so, Father, we're praying for the one as well, not the 99, but the one. They will have the strength and the moral courage to step into this hour and say, I agree and we must change things. And to right the ship of our military that has gone down this dark valley, this dark valley of death. And instead to right that ship and to bring it back online and to have accountability move through the ranks and let this moral courage begin at the top and filter to the bottom. But equally, let the moral courage surge up from the bottom through the ranks and up to the senior levels to where the military in a very quick order, which is so capable of doing, can right its moral ship rebuild the moral character and strength, purge itself of the satanic influences, get rid of this corrupted, vile sexual ideology known as LGBTQ and, the, and this other vile ideology of a, of a religion called diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI. Get rid of these things, purge them out of the system and do so quickly to reset a military to, in the process to reset a nation. 
So, Father, we pray this blessing over the 231, those that are signing on, and all those that are now being affected by this. May this be the hour, the critical hour, and the first shot fired in this war to be understood that on January 1st of 2024, we changed the game. We now are on the offensive and no longer on the defensive. And let those let the power of that be understood because it's not the offensive of men. It's the offensive of kingdom and your word and all that you are, Father. In Christ Jesus' name, we give credit. We give glory to all you. Amen. So those are a couple on my heart. Have to have those to begin in the morning. Got to get some powerful ones going and it's important. So, um, We have a, I just, I just really want to say this. We have a pretty amazing group here, all of us. And it's, it's recognized by others. And it's a, um, it's being recognized by the efforts that are going on here to create a worship on Sunday that to me is getting to the deeper core of what worship really is. And worship for me and why this is so powerful is that worship, this, this worship we do here is not about dictation or recitation of scripture, which becomes is obviously important, but this is a worship of active participation and our prayers and our praise reports become part of the true nature of the church. It becomes part of the request of doing what God asks us to do. This is the church of acts where we're literally praying into the living miracles and the miracles of the living God. And it's the testimonies that come from that that is truly what the true church should be built on. What happened last night, which I think was so powerful, in the open worship that we did, and we're going to be doing more of it. We, in fact, we may be doing another one this weekend. We'll see. And if you were at Bards Fest on Sunday in Flemingsburg, you saw something similar which is we created a worship where people had the ability to come up and take the mic and speak testimony or speak what's on their heart or even do worship. And that's, that sort of environment is difficult to create in the, in the current church, but that's what the church should be. So let's begin with these prayers because this is just such an important part of the theme for 2024, which is reviving the church. We're all part of that. And so obviously... Is part of reviving the church. It means we have to get deeper in the word because each one of us is carrying that mantle of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And each one is a stepping into those authorities of healing the sick and the broken, of casting out demons, raising the dead spiritually and physically, and seeking those other places of greater works than he. First prayer request. Hi, asking for prayer for Pastor T, who sent this to me. Good evening, Pastor. I wanted to reach out to you for prayer. I am in a season of what feels like all an all-out attack. It seems like every time I get my head above the water, the enemy comes from another direction. I don't doubt at all that God will bring me through this because he is faithful and his track record is perfect. It's just challenging when you're in the midst of it and must carry on like nothing is going on. But I refuse to let the enemy rob me of all the... of all the work God has done in me and through me. He's not finished with me. There is still work to be done. Please touch and agree with me that I will continue to stand in faith 
and let God fight for me and appreciate the, you to fa- appreciate you, sis Devonese. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so a few things I would I just you know I love Pastor Devonese. She's fantastic. What a great addition to Bars Nation. What a blessing to have had her at Bars Fest. Need to get her back on the show. Really inspiring. Okay, so I want to just make a couple of notes here. Um, this is all word stuff. So it says, I refuse to let the enemy rob me. Well, the enemy can't rob you of what God has already given you. Need to say that. It's an important word here. And he is not finished with me yet. He's never finished with you. That's a important, two important, really important things. The enemy cannot take what God gave you. It's not possible unless we give it away. Super important to understand. Again, I know most people know that, but the wording in which we use is important because we're literally, if we're not careful, we spell cast ourselves into a corner. And words are the power of life and death. And God is never done with you. He will continue to refine us till the very last moment. If not, if, if that doesn't happen, then I, I would just say, like, you just won the mantle of walking as Jesus, which I don't think is going to happen. But kudos to you if you get it done. And that would be like a praise God moment. But seriously, okay. Um, so, Father God, we're just praying in a, a prayer from, from Pastor Devonese for Pastor T. And we're just lifting Pastor T up and just wrapping just the, the arms of love around Pastor T. And we're going to breathe life into Pastor T. And as we do, we're just reminding Pastor T that this is, this is an important moment to remember that God is never done with you. That as we pray with you and we put our hands up and around you, we're reminding you that God is never done with any of us. And we're going to break the chains and the, and the, the binds of those that truly, the, the demonic influences that are whispering these evil things of trying to suggest that somehow that the enemy can take from you what God gave you. God gave you what God gave you. The enemy can never steal unless you give it away. So Father, we're just praying this powerful hedge of protection and anchoring in the rock of faith so solid that the feet never waver again and that there's no hesitation in the heart. That there isn't a doubt because this, this is a doubt and so we are seeing doubt in this or questioning or hesitation or concern. These are all part of the same. And so as we pray for Pastor T, we're saying, Pastor T, you need to come out of agreement with doubt and out of a deep agreement with hesitation, and out of a deep agreement with lack of confidence because you're made in God's image. You have the strength of the children of the Most High. We pray mightiness of the heart of the warrior Christ into you, and we speak life into your heart. And we, and we wrap our arms around and pray into you the, the restoration of that heart and that root that you have, that root that takes you to the root of who you are, anchored in that rock of faith. And we rebuke any of the demonic attacks, whatever they are, wherever they've come from, however those contracts have been made, spoken or unspoken, we rebuke them, we break them, we cast them to the lake of, to the feet of Jesus for judgment. And we just pray that you now will step into this place and say, I am, and speak, I am the son of the Most High. I am the daughter of the Most High. I am a child of the Most High. And take that I am in deep within your heart. And walk in the yes, to proclaim before the throne that I will abide, that I will walk in the yes, unhesitate as unhesitantly, I will walk in the in the yes, without hesitation. 
and then in that abiding to lay everything before the throne, whatever your doubts are right now, whatever this is, we pray that you just step there and we pray that these doubts will be laid before the throne and the feet of our King and to say, this is where I am and to let have the confidence. And we pray that you'll have the confidence and strength to show your heart in its fullness, not expecting God to read it, but now to lay your heart down in its fullness before the throne. And in so doing, to know that what you have done is to give God the truth of who you see yourself as so that he can show you a deeper truth of who he knows you are. And so we pray into this moment of, of true transparency, the vulnerability that is needed to raise you up and level you up to the next space and let God flow through you. Don't hesitate. And we pray confidence and glory of the warrior heart in you in Christ Jesus' name, amen. I'm going through a nightmare in my life right now. I need prayers that God will give me strength and calm to get through each day. In an unbelievable nightmare that no one should have to endure that as a faithful, loving wife of 20, for 27 years. I turn 69 on 113 and soon will be on my own. Peggy. Uh, this is pure demonic attack. Wow. All right, Father God, we're just going to pray into this, this attack that has gone on and, and hit at the root and whatever the core. And I, I won't, I have some things that are on my heart that it may be, but it's not for me to speak. But Peggy, first of all, we just pray into your heart. I'm going to pray into your heart, a heart of healing and a heart of strength. And just to know that we've wrapped around you. In a, in a fantastic way to know that you have a community standing with you. And we pray with you. And we're standing with you. We're praying life and restoration of your heart. This is a deep, deep pain you're carrying. And so, Father, we're just praying into Peggy and her marriage. And whatever this disruption is, Father, you are the, you are the father of miracles. You are the maker of things. And we know that even the most defined an ardent mountain can be moved. So Father, whatever this wrecking ball has happened in this marriage, whatever this wrecking ball that has happened to tear apart hearts and commitment, there's a root and there's a seed in this. And we know what it is. And we can speak into that. And so we're praying life back into this marriage. And we're praying restoration and healing into the root of this. Of this. And we're praying confession and, and testimony. They will literally bring this to the surface and to hear each other's hearts as you once heard them in the beginning. And whatever has pulled you away, to understand that this is an attack on both of you, not an attack on one. It's designed to attack the one to separate the two and to leave you both wounded and scarred. So, Father, we're praying life and restoration into this marriage and into the husband, we pray honesty, integrity. We pray humility into your heart. And we pray that you put your eyes back on Jesus and be true and honest. And equally, Father, we pray into a, a balance of this because wherever there's a conflict like this, it's never one, it's always two. There's always both sides involved. Whichever is led one way or the other, no one is above reproach. And this isn't a rebuke, it's an honesty. And while the enemy can attack one more heavily than the other, what, is, what happens is in the process, we each get hit, hit and we each stumble. So we ask, Father, just for a praying of a, a blessing of honesty between them. And in the honesty, 
a re-sparking, a rekindling of, of that marriage as it was. And Father, we pray more than that. We pray into that this marriage, as it sits in a rocky moment right now, we can use this and that you can use this, Father, in a most amazing way to reestablish a covenant in unity, not of separation or brokenness, but a covenant in healing that reforges this marriage in that of the spirit out of the flesh. And wherever it began, which is we don't know, but wherever it began to rebuild, to break the soul ties of the old, to reestablish the new soul tie of the path forward through the body of Christ, to raise them both up. And this is not going to be an easy walk, but it's a walk that needs to anchor itself in forgiveness and a loving heart. So, Father, we pray forgiving and loving hearts into each. And may the power of Holy Spirit wrap around them, and may the power of Holy Spirit fill them, and may the healing and restoration of this household begin, and may the loving and healing angels surround them and hold them. And we rebuke any of the demonic that has entered into this space, contracts given, spoken, whatever the reason, or unintentional, we sever them and cast them to the feet of Jesus. And we lift this, this couple up and we place them before you, Father, and before the throne. And we say, Father, we just ask for the miracle of healing when declare this in Christ, Christ Jesus' name. Amen. My families and my many families are feeling the spiritual warfare upon them, building and struggling to find peace. Just let me pause a minute. When these prayers are put together, they're put together in such a way that I don't read them until Sunday morning. I do this intentionally. And Nikki puts them together, not with an intended design, but she pulls them and assembles them. And I find it amazing every Sunday that as we start, we'll find a theme. And invariably, that theme will work its way out in prayers, and even the prayers themselves will start to tell a story. We just got through praying we begin today with the praying of the need to get deeper into the word and the need to deal with spiritual attacks. That was the whole principle of what this beginning morning was. I'm just sharing what happened last night. I'm sharing what's on my heart and Holy Spirit. I'm sharing where we are and what God's putting on my heart. And so we now have gone, this is our, what is our third prayer? And we're dealing with spiritual warfare on, on families and marriages. So I'm just pointing this out that God really does shape these this weekend, these weekend, this gatherings that we have. And it's important that we li really listen to how this all comes together as a story, myself included, that we listen to how this story unfolds because he's telling us something very important. And already I can tell you that theme is, and I'm going back to it, get into the word. Be passionate about reading that Bible. And when I say that, if you're one that does like Bible in a year, I've got a lot of those those comments. I honor that. But I'm challenging you to do something different right now. Put that aside. You can come back to Bible in a year. Pick up the Bible and read aggressively, intense, with high intention, to give yourself no more than two months to go through the Bible from front to back, cover to cover, in line, in, in order. Not some disorder, not different order, but in order. And then... If you, need to, if you want to go back to your Bible in a year, good. But do this right now. This is the urgency of the hour that we're in. Okay, going forward. Many families are feeling the spiritual warfare upon the, them building and struggling to find peace. A reminder to put on your armor daily and pray without ceasing to intercede for those who are feeling the attacks and are spiritually weak. God bless all who recognize their weakness and call out to you. <laughs> Just like that. 
like someone just listened to the beginning of the show and wrote a prayer. This is so God. This is awesome. That you would be our refuge and our strength in ever-present troubles. There is no storm you cannot control. Relationships are being challenged and pots are being shattered. Break us of our pride, Lord, that we will can grow in righteousness and keep us from temptation of coming against each other. We need you every day. On that, we are grateful for your presence in our lives, for the injustices one suffers. You have given us a path to lead us onward and grow. I pray for all individuals, marriages, children, and families a blessing that those who are struggling call on you and listen to the still of your of your voice to lead them through these trials. For what with every storm comes a rainbow. Thank you in Jesus' name, warriors for Christ. Awesome prayer, for, and especially for this morning, and especially coming off of last night, this last line, for every storm comes a rainbow. We are, by the way, that's God's rainbow. That's like seven not six colors, very important. Anyway, um, that is so profound and so powerful. This is coming off of the prayer last night where we were literally praying against the storm and we were praying to go through the storm. So Father God, we're just praying a blessing across all the families and relationships and children of this nation and people walking in this nation, a blessing of inspired passion to reach out and to start asking the questions of the world of who am I and to be drawn to the one place that that question is answered, the word, the book, the time that we're in. Father, we pray for all those that are walking in the body of Christ to go deeper, to seek greater, to not be limited by this doctrinal view of the world that somehow the church of Acts is dead, but rather understand that the Bible tells us as it should be to not be afraid of the, of the authorities given to us, but rather to embrace them and to run into them and say, I want more. To be in a time where we become the stalwarts of, of strength and mightiness in the kingdom, anchored in that rock of faith, that we speak into the storms. We say, peace, be still. And we raise our hands in the mighty way as these storms roll in and we speak, peace, be still. And as we speak, peace be still, we feel the power of Holy Spirit working through us. We feel the connectivity of each and every one of us. And we stand mightily as we command this in the spirit realm, which that which goes in the spirit reflects in the flesh. And so let us continue to wage this war mightily, unceasingly into the spirit. And we're praying for the unity. We're praying for not to, to break the chains of discord and the influences of discord. We're praying for people to separate the sin from the sinner. We're praying for people to see into the hearts of one another, to see truly whom we are, not whom we're told we are, to separate ourselves from the influences of the demonic that constantly are trying to pit us against each other with words and ultimately things leading us to do deeds that cause pain and suffering. We rebuke the demonic influences to touch your children. And we just pray a greater blessing, Father, that everyone, no matter where they are in the walk of Christ, if they have accepted Christ, that now they are truly protected in this hour. They are held away from this evil, this storm that continues to persist and knock at the door. And we lift them up. We lift up Bard's nation. We lift up Resistance Nation. We lift up the black church in this country. We lift up the Native American churches of this nation. We lift up the churches that are all seeking to come together in the body of Christ without ego, 
without arrogance, without pride, but trying to seek the unity in our different ways that we do it, but trying to bring us together in healing and knitting together the most powerful remnant ever imagined. And we pray unity and not discord, blessings and love upon all. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So important in this hour. So important. And I really encourage you to continue to, to make those prayers of unity. Something as important as came, just came out of that prayer, and, and you know that I'm pretty brutal on the pulpit these days. And, yeah, I just find it as, it's just like, we, I, I think people differ in opinion. But Brad Cummings said something the other night, which I think was very important to remember, and it gets back to the word. The pulpit is only as strong as a congregation is willing to know the word. And not just know the word, but challenge the pulpit. We forget this. We go into these churches now, and I think this is where the core of so much of the problem has become. As we look at the pulpit to lead us, guide us, and tell us, most important thing, tell us how to look at the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't hesitate to question the pulpit. And don't hesitate to pray in and let Holy Spirit guide you. The congregations need to become active in the churches, not passive recipients of the word. And as we shift that tenor to that, we will start to see the strength of the church rise again. This is where we start to revive the true sense of the church in 2024, the strength of the church where people start to speak out and speak into what is in the word. It's just, it's just an important place and pivot we have to make. Bards Nation, please pray for my daughter Abigail for her salvation and reconciled relationship with me. Abby was close to trusting Jesus for her salvation when her father died when she was age 12, eight years ago. My husband refused Lupron therapy for his cancer, of which she is aware, as we, were, we had four friends who took such a treatment, ended up in, with bone cancer and died. My daughter was very close to her father. Middle school was very rough for her, anxiety, depression, suicidal, suicidal thoughts. I kept a close eye on her and prayed for her. When she started high school, she really came out of her shell and became a lively, witty young woman. Her orchestra teacher became like a father figure, and she blossomed those four years and won a four-year scholarship to university. I was leery of her attending a state university, and intend, and indeed, her conservative foundation and beliefs have been countered by the ideology she has become exposed to. She works on the university newspaper and has been influenced by the lead professor who is a gay activist. And she has become programmed in favor of transgender rights, eugenics. When she comes home, she is obviously bothered by the programs I listen to, which are primarily pastors, deliverance course teachings started in 2022, and podcasts on the bioweapon push on people in 2020. I am certain she got at least one shot her freshman year at the time I had, uh, I had privy to her medical records. Despite my being very open about what it does to the human body, my work as a bioenergetics uh, practitioner has made the adverse reactions very clear to me when I run tests on clients. Her her mannerisms made it very clear she did not care for my programs or online Zoom Bible study night, state of the 
uh, state of the present dark world always comes up in this, in discussions. And she would leave the house, slamming the door to go hang out with her name, with the neighbors uh, who happened to be her godparents. Note, I do not believe her godparents are walking with the Lord any longer and have become liberal, obvious to me as they are as well as other neighbors are all on board with a beautiful young woman who loved wearing dresses as a child, decided to become a boy the latter years of, her, of high school, and I refuse to acknowledge her name and name change. I feel quite isolated in my neighborhood as the only conservative aware person. It's a pretty long prayer, so hang on. I took a course in deliverance in 2022, and I realized a demonic attachment to my daughter, a traumatic event such as a loss of a parent during a formative years provides opening spiritual death as an obvious one obvious one when she was uh, suicidal. I have been praying continuously for her. I decided to have a discussion with her about transgender movement after seeing university school newspaper headline. I could not leave that alone as it greatly troubled me. She clearly did not want to have a conversation about the topic and had very had very programmed answers. The fur- furies she made fun of in high school are now the furries, excuse me, that she made fun of are now whatever they need to be to be happy. She has been programmed to believe that suicide is caused by parents not allowing their kids to become whatever they want. I brought up many who realize they cannot reverse their mutilated bodies, have autoimmune diseases and cancer from Lupron, and have and have committed a suicide. She would not believe me. The conversation, in quotation, ended in with her storming out of my house this past July, and she has been moved and has moved in with her godparents who accommodate and spoil her because they financially can. Although she lives two houses down the road, the first time I saw spoke of her was when she stopped in unannounced in early September to look for something for her college dorm room. The godparents have completely assumed a parental duties, moving her into a college dorm, declining my offer. She made some small talk and stated that we are better living apart, and I was in agreement. She moved out in the dark spirit, went with her, and I have felt completely free to listen to what I want, sing praise music on top of my, from the top of my lungs and be filled with Holy Spirit. I want for us to reconcile our relationship so that I might be part of her life for the millstone, milestones for milestones versus being replaced by neighbors. I do not see her for Thanksgiving, leaning, learning from her brother that she was sick from COVID. I offered to take supplements and antiviral herbs to her and help her get well, and she responded she was nearly over it. I offered to bring her a Thanksgiving dinner, but her godmother was already doing so. Abby did visit on Christmas day after dinner, at which her brother also came home for a visit. There is a glimmer of hope that she has learned to play cribbage with her godfather, and last night she came over for dinner, and we played cribbage and had a nice time together. My greatest prayer is for her that the is that Yahweh will will put some uh, someone in Abigail's life that walks closely with Jesus, that will become a trusted friend, and she might hear the word of the truth and desire to want to walk with Jesus. I realize I cannot; it cannot be me, as she has put up a wall between us. 
Her salvation is more important to me than repairing our relationship, but I do not believe that will come when, when the love of Christ dwells within her. I feel that the more prayer warriors there are praying for the transformation, deliverance, and protection from adverse reactions from the shot, the power of numbers. Matthew 18.20. I appreciate you taking time to read the backstory of my prayer and request and thank you in advance for joining forces with me in prayer in this spiritual battle. Rita S. Well, you can expect I've got some comments. She identified very clearly that the death of her father at a young age was traumatic, and that's, an, that's a portal for demonic to enter in because it's pain, and it's a, it's a wicked pain. Then especially with the knowing that her father didn't take Lupron, there's an ability to start setting blame, and that's exactly what demons will do. The demonic will place blame, blame on the hospital, blame on the, the mother for not having the father, thinking that this would solve the problem, which it would not. In the end, what was done was done. The exposure in school, unfortunately, is public school is the worst possible place ever to be. And her need as a young girl to bond with somebody as a father, we start to see the importance of the father figure. And when we don't have a, an ability of framing to get in, the, in this moments of trauma, where community used to be important, this has now become a single parent household without an ability to have someone else like a grandfather or an uncle to step in and say, I'll step in and fill that role to raise you up in the love of Jesus and the love of our Father. And the godparents whose role should be to keep them in line have obviously become corrupted and led her astray. There's some, there's some egregious things in this, in this piece of how the godparents have now interceded. And, and we're going to pray against that because it's not their role to take God's child and then to, as a role of, of godparents, steer her away from her parents. That's wrong. There should be every effort made to reconcile that base. And that's just, that's not even needs to be discussed. That's just morally wrong because it isn't their child. And they're trying to make it Abby their child. So that's what we're going to pray against that. There is a strong glimmer of hope, but I just want, I'm also going to rebuke the statement that, that, that Rita says that she is not the one. You're the mother. You never give up on your daughter. And while you can say, maybe you're not the one, God answers that, not you. So what you're doing here is the selfless act of seeking the, the reconciliation with your daughter and the restoration of your daughter, but your daughter needs her mother. And she's not going to be reclaimed through this without her mother. That's family. The important thing to realize is God is realigning families in terms of the spiritual nature, not just the blood nature. And so we're also in the process of here of doing a rescue mission in this prayer, a rescue mission to reach into this young girl's life and to pull her back, to get her back in an alignment with the blessings that God gave her. And part of that is to cast off those demons. So we got a lot of stuff to do here. There's, this is deliverance. This is inner healing. This is rescue. And this is prayers of rebuke for those that have taken their role incorrectly. So Father God, we step before you today with a very important and powerful prayer request from Rita S. for her daughter, Abigail. So, Father, as we walk through this story, which was well articulated and well laid out, we see many of the, the unfortunate pitfalls of life that have caused a tremendous trauma within this young girl, and the most notable being the loss of her father. So, Father, we begin this prayer by just praying an overwhelming love to be poured out into her heart from her true father, you, her one father. An overwhelming love that's so profound and so in, 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 in 
encapsulating, that it literally leaves Abigail in a moment of weeping and, and to receive the love that only you can give. May this be a moment of true testimony before her, for her to spill out her pain into her heart. Because what we see in this walk, Father, is a young girl that was wounded deeply. And unfortunately, the resources and capabilities around her, the community that she needed, wasn't there to fill the gap. And what filled the gap was a flood in of evil. And so with that, we absolutely rebuke any of the attacks by the demonic. And we place a hedge of protection around Abigail. We anchor that hedge of protection in the blood of Jesus. And we declare Abigail truly a daughter of kingdom, the daughter of the Most High. And for that moment forward, any evil that now influences her, you know the consequences of remaining. For the longer you remain as you've been rebuked, violating the spiritual law, the pain and agony which you will face will be eternal beyond any imagination. You need to leave her and leave her now. That includes all these spirits of gay, transgender, these evil, evil spirits that like to cling on, some of the hardest ones to break. You now are under authority. You are no longer have authority over this young girl. For this young girl has been reclaimed and proclaimed in the name of Jesus and in the blood of Jesus, for she is a daughter of the Most High. Father, we pray in truly a prayer of love into her heart, tremendous love from our prayers to lift her up and to take that pain which is so deeply rooted and we're going to walk into the timeline of her life. And so Jesus, we're asking that you'll join us in the timeline of her life and to pick her up in the moment before her father's death, to hold her in that moment when things were good, things were loving, and now to walk with us as we walk with Abigail through her timeline of her life. And where everywhere we bump into a pain, a memory of the loss of her father, we're praying in love and the love of her father to restore that wound. And Jesus, as you continue to walk with us, nurturing and holding that young child that was so pure and pristine, we continue to walk the timeline of Abigail's life. We walk the place where she found music and orchestra, and she's able to fear that resonance and glory and the true power of the Holy Spirit flowing through her to express the love and let those be every moment that she was in that, in that orchestra to be a reminder of the glory of praise and worship in heaven. And as she goes on then with the scholarship to go to university, that emptiness that she feels and looking for a, a father figure, someone to guide her. We pray in that strength of you, Father, the healing Father, that can step in and say, Abigail, I'm your Father. I'm your true Father. Turn eyes to me. And may that be a moment in time where every demon that is there that has taken residence upon her and, and over and around her, you're now rebuked and those chains that you built are broken and you're cast to the feet of Jesus. And so Abigail, we breathe breath of life into you. And we feel you taking a breath of life in. Abigail, you're breathing in. As you breathe in, it's the Holy Spirit breathing in. And so, Jesus, we arrive at this moment in time now where the pain, a daughter is now starting to seek back to where she was. And as she's starting to reach over to play cribbage, we're knowing that in there, there's, there's something longing for her to reconcile with her mother. She's longing for this. This time away right now is creating a loneliness in her heart, a loneliness that is difficult for her to, to reconcile and manage. So we pray that the eyes of you, Father, will be given to her to see her mother for the love of which she has, as difficult as this is. And Jesus, we ask that you bring that child that you've been carrying in this timeline of life and to give it back to her, to place it within her heart, to heal her, and to feel the restoration of the love of her life, not the anger of her life. And may the anger and the pain and the anguish of the hurt of the loss of her father be removed and instead be replaced with the love and the glory of knowing that she had a father that she loves so much and misses so dearly. Wow. 
There it is. It's there. It's right there. It is so painful. She is there in that moment, just so hurt by the loss and the agony of not having her father. She loved her father so much. Oh, Jesus, just, we just ask that you'll pour in the love to heal that wound. That wound is so deep. And it's led her so far astray. And she's such a good young lady. Just pray in the love of healing into her heart. And for Rita, Rita, you have to have compassion in a way you've never had. You're being too selfish in these moments. And I'm sorry if that's a harsh rebuke, but to celebrate the fact that you can have your own time because the darkness has left your house, you're not doing your job. Your job as a mother is to celebrate the love of your daughter that's so in need of you. She needs your love more than ever. And this heaviness is not directed at you. You can't personalize this. This heaviness is about you and your daughter, a daughter that is so deeply wounded by the loss of her father. It's a wound that is so deep. And Rita, you yourself are carrying that same wound. And so we pray healing into your heart, Rita. Healing into your heart to restore the wound that you yourself are carrying, a difficult one, a loss of your husband. And we know this, and we love you, and we and Jesus loves you, and we know how difficult this is, and we know how important it is for you to get your praise and worship and all these other things. But that wound is there. And unfortunately, that wound has become the place where the enemy has entered into you and your daughter to keep you apart. You two need to sit and you need to hold each other and look each other in the eyes and tell each other, I forgive myself and I forgive you. And in this moment, Jesus, just hold them and let that be done in the spirit. Truly, where two people come together and look at each other in the eyes, let those tears flow. Let the spiritual tears flow and let them see each other as who they are. Two people that truly miss each other, but more importantly, pain of the loss of the Father. So, Father God, we pray that the overwhelming love of heaven can flow within them and the true love of Father will fill them both and that the wounds that are there will be healed. Memories of loss will be replaced with the memories of love and celebration of the Father that they have and that what was separation now becomes strength and that the enemy's root that is taken is now moved away. It is ripped out to the very core and it's replaced with Holy Spirit to fill that, to flood that, and to live life within them. And we breathe life within both of them. We breathe life and unity within both Rita and Abigail. And a restoration, for this is a rescue mission, Abigail and Rita, we're rescuing you both. We're bringing you both back from where you were to bring you both back within the light of the glory of God. And may you both embrace each other once again. May you both repent before the throne. May you both feel the power and love of Jesus to fill you. And and Abigail, that what you have in the glory of the orchestra, may it be a talent and a gift that God's given you that now transforms into the glorious celebrating and worshiping and glorifying God in all that you do. And may that be a, a glory that you pour into the house and your home with your mother. And may you now look at your godparents and realize, and this is where we close this prayer, Father. We look at these godparents and we breathe accountability into their hearts. This is not their role to steal the child, but their role to nurture a child back. And if this act of cribbage is what they have done to help bring Rita or uh, Abigail back, then we pray a blessing on that act of teaching a game that Rita's, or, uh, Rita and Abigail can now share. But for whatever motives that are in the godparents' heart, no matter how well-intentioned, the goal must always be to restore the family, not to take the child. And so we pray into this family a heart of restoration, a heart of healing, to restore Abigail and her mother and to return to the basis in the body of Christ.
you were once there. So Jesus, we just ask for your presence to be known and to be so profound in their lives that it rocks them and shakes them and holds them to the accountability of what the true sense of love is. And may their eyes be open and may the scales fall. And may this separation that has happened within a community between godparents and between mother and father and the loss of father, may this now be a restoration in the, in the way that God can restore, to re-knit family, to rebuild spiritual ties, and to put aside the wounds that the enemy has exploited, and now to lift this family up in the glory of heaven. And in the name of Jesus, we declare, amen. There's, I think we are reminded so much and so often in the pain and loss that occurs through the loss of a father. It is, um, it's a wound that is, happens in terms of divorce. It's a wound that happens in terms of death. And it's why the enemy constantly, constantly wages war. Because if it can take the father out, it leaves a wound in the children. And that includes like, the destruction, even at a late age, we had a prayer earlier of from Peggy of talking about the place she never imagined being. This, I don't know if they have children. I'm assuming they do. And just, and even if they don't, but I'm assuming they do. And the reason I bring this up is this is a place where literally the strike to the father is always critical because it leaves a wound no matter when it happens, unless it's a natural process. But, you know, we, we have so many layers of this where even the guilt now of, of, and the pain of loss of parents and natural death has become an issue. And the reason it's become an issue is because there's been a deep programming that's happened where we cast out our, our elderly. We don't take responsibility for our parents, which I, which I call the wisdom class. And we cast it out because it's somehow not our duty and responsibility. And as we cast it out, then where we sit is this place where when they die, we're like, well, there's a guilt that settles in that the enemy exploits of how much time do we spend with him in their latter years. And we justify it by like, oh, mom was difficult or dad was so difficult because he had dementia and I couldn't deal with it. That's life. We have to take the accountability and responsibility of nurturing our parents as they nurtured us. And the most amazing thing about where we are right now is we is the enemy has separated us into three classes of people and done so extremely effectively. The little ones and the youth, what I would just call the adults and the wisdom class. And the adults are singles and married and, and couples and parents. But the little ones and the youth, we cast out into the public school system. We, we allow them to become inoculated with the horrific ideologies of hatred, of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is just another term for racism and hatred, gender politics, all these things which are corrupting the principles of the way God makes children and how perfect they are when they arrive in the world. And those children are closest to God. And those, the elderly class, the wisdom class, are getting close to returning to God. So those two need each other more than ever. And the parents are the bridge. And as we take care of our elderly and wisdom class and we expose them with the younger class, there's an amazing conversation that's happening. The children are reminding the wisdom class that where they're going is real and excited to have them return. And the elderly are, 
delivering wisdom to the youth to help them navigate what's ahead. And the parents are in the process of protecting, nurturing them both. It's a beautiful design by God. It's, it's perfect. But the enemies managed to separate this out and fragment it and destroy it. And then we become selfish and self-consumed. And those splits in our armor, they exploit massively. And we end up with wounds and broken families. And we end up with guilt and shame and all this other stuff that are not of God. All of this is just not of God. So we have to restore this. We've got to get back to building the model. And we have to get back where we are literally restoring the family. And if there's a theme that is at the root of everything we're doing this year, it's the restoration of the family, the saving of the family. Please pray for a, a young man who had a, had to flee. I'm sorry, start again. Please pray for a young mom who had to flee her husband about 18 months ago for safety. She has a two-year and four-year-old. The husband was diagnosed as bipolar. That's demonic, by the way. Mom had a mom had an um unblazon, unblazon ablation, I guess it is. Last Thursday, they burned two places in her heart to stop the irregular misfiring. She was awake for the procedure. I prayed for her trauma known and unknown. Afterwards, she relayed her heart her she relayed her heart went to three hundred beats per minute during the procedure and she was experiencing depression and phantom palpitations. She is unable to lift her two-year-old who does not understand. I offered to share uh, with her this prayer to share with her the, to this prayer team. And she said, prayer is always good. Thanks, Christine Taylor. Well, Father God, we just want to begin this prayer for the father. And we just pray into this father and we pray into this father's heart. And Jesus, we just ask that you can make yourself presence and before this, this man, because we know that what is his suffering of bipolarism is demonic. And so we place a hedge of protection around him and we pray life into his heart and we cast out any of the demons that have taken up residency. But we also know father, as we do this, there's always a risk if he does not walk with, with, with Jesus, that the demons can return to a cleaned house sevenfold more. And so we're praying for something very unique here today, Father. A protection of war angels and an experience with Jesus that will give him a space to make a choice to accept Christ in his life as we rebuke and cast out the demonic influences of his heart and free him from the binds that are causing him the bipolar torment. And we pray love into his life. And we pray restoration into his life. And we pray that the, the scales that have fallen over his eyes that have caused him to go so far astray to become something that could not be tolerated by the children or by the, by the, by the mother. His, these scales are now pulled away and he can see with love what he was part in creating. And that there can be a process now moving forward of restoration where he can step in to help in a critical hour to truly build the, and rebuild the confidence that is so needed to restore this family. And so we pray to the root of this and we pray to the root of restoration that all the demonic activity that has taken root is pressed out. And so Father, there is something here very dark that is demonically tied to the mother. And this is, comes from the father. And this is, this is Holy Spirit speaking. This is where the, where the bond 
in in our sexual relationships is so powerful because once we put once we establish the birth of a child where one becomes the father and the mother truly become genetically bound and it's both within the child and within ourselves for the seed takes root and becomes one with the mother and so father we're praying into the mother a total sense of healing a restoration of the body from head to toe and toe to head. And we pray life into this heart and we pray restoration into this heart and we declare healing in in an immediate and powerful way. The miracle of healing, we pray into this heart. And this tie that is tied to the Father, it's it's a demonic tie. And we, as we move around this and we pray around this, we break off those bonds and those chains and those connections to the demonic, whether given or ungiven. And we pray life into this mother and for Christine Taylor, who's there, we now pray that you are now that front point to pray life and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into this mother's heart. And so, Father, we pray for an experience, a profound experience with this mother, an encounter Jesus with you that is so profound, it truly transforms her. Because through this transformation, it's the understanding of where this healing, this miraculous healing comes from. It's a, it's a calming that flows into the child's children's hearts, an understanding of their mother is, is in need not just of being able to give love, but receive love in this critical hour. And so we pray restoration and healing within the mother. We pray a hedge of protection around the children and the mother. We pray healing into the mother and the children. And we pray healing into the unity of the family that was established and must now be restored. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Please pray for Sammy. He is a brilliant, gifted child who was recently who has recently entered Christian education from a homeschooling background. He is trying so hard to fit in and make friends, but he is hindered by a speech impediment and issues with maturity and frustration. I was praying this morning that Father would provide a friend and felt broken to confess my unbelief. Father seemed to be to reprimand that he is able to do so much more. Please pray in agreement that the speech impediment will be loosed completely and permanently. I anticipated joyfully posting a praise as we know our God is able to, in his timing. In the meantime, I will walk in fear of unbelief. Blue Ridge Farming. No, that's not a fear of unbelief. And that, and step away from fear. I, I dislike these things. We are not, we are not supporting that concept of fear. What we are supporting is that your prayer was just boxing God in. And all he said is there can be more. So accept that as a loving rebuke of the limit of where we can't limit God's power. This child doesn't need just a friend. This child needs something more. This child needs truly the the prayers to become as much as his potential that God will pour into him. So, Father God, we pray into this child restoration and healing and that where he is at, at right now, where he's being cast out, rebuked, he's being isolated, not making, making friends, and there's a wound there, we just pray in the love of Jesus into his heart and into the hearts of those around him. And as we do this, we pray the love of Jesus into his heart. Let his heart be filled and let his heart be warmed by the fact that people like Blue Ridge Farming are praying for him, but that God is telling him and telling us, you can be so much more. So let us raise this child up and let the light of Jesus shine through and let it be profound that the other children see it and recognize it 
and are drawn to it. And it doesn't have to be many. It just needs to be the few. But it's not just the children coming to him because the part of this prayer, and this is where I think the rebuke came from, is that you're trying to pray for a child to have a friend. We want child to have a relationship deeper in Jesus. And from there, he builds his greatest relationship in friendship and love and his compassion and understanding and love. So, Father, we just pray for this restoration to happen in the heart and that the speech impediment and some of these things of issues of maturity are overcome as you can do to raise him up and in these moments to shed away whatever was, this burdens that he carries, to turn what was of the enemy's tool to literally restore him in the fullness of what he's intended to be in this world and let that be seen by the other children. And instead of being odd, he becomes unique and special, special in the way of of heaven that children's hearts can see. And so whatever the influences are around this child, we break those ties of the demonic and we pour love and life into him and we wrap him around with a hedge of protection. And that hedge of protection is anchored in the blood of Jesus. And he literally can walk in this space and be here and children can start to see his true heart. And it's the power of Jesus that they see that flows through him. And let this touch him from head to toe and toe to head. That he literally can now be transformed. And let that transformation be shocking and stunning and a testimony upon itself that others look to him and say, how is this possible? And let those words, Jesus, flow from his mouth. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, BDAD family. My second grandson was born on one seven twenty four. Jackson Holmes is his name, 8 pounds, 22 inches. He and my daughter should be coming home today. Put them in your prayers. Please, BDAD family, my daughter and her husband are both injected. Everything seems well now. However, there's always that. Always JC. Ugh. This injection, I swear. What an awful legacy we we pray with. And we deal with it all the time. All right, so last night I had a profound word from God along the lines of this injection. And it was a bit of a rebuke, but equally an important part of, of truly where we need to walk. And that's why I bring this up. It's super important to understand. As we were praying last night for a, a, a health case of a heart murmur, heart issues, The first thing that came to my thought is, was this person injected? And it wasn't in the prayer request, which is not uncommon because sometimes we don't know or people are afraid to admit it. And either way, it's fine. But what what Holy Spirit said to me, it doesn't matter. And I think this is so important to grasp. It doesn't matter. What we are praying for is health and healing and restoration. It doesn't say in the Bible, You need to pray specifically for health, healing, and restoration for those that took the injection COVID-19 death shot. It says, pray for health and healing. To restore the broken. We're restoring. And all our prayers need to be focused that way. And while it's important sometimes to know the details like this are helpful, and I'm not saying it's not helpful because we know where to target our prayers. Even if we don't have that detail, our mission doesn't change. And so I say this because one of the the burdens of this COVID-19 death shot is it puts in our mind a negative concept that we can't overcome it because we've been told this. It's in your DNA. It changes you. That's nonsense. God is the God of miracles. He's the God of full, complete restoration, the God of healing and, and rescue. God can do anything. 
And when we truly are reborn in the body of Christ and we truly are reborn in him, our DNA is changed anyway. So what was taken can be restored. But I think that's one of the biggest pieces and lessons I'm beginning to see is what the enemy did is they've created a doubt within our faith. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm like, I got that last night. I'm like, okay, I see where I, I see some of the errors of my ways. I repent. And now I will go at this a completely different way. We will always pray with the confidence of knowing that shot or no shot, you will be healed. And while it's helpful to know that there's a shot because we can go to the spell casting now and we can, as we start to realize this, we can go and attack the spell casting. We can attack the doubt. We can attack the various elements around that. That shot could be a placebo and we still would spell cast somebody to death because we're like, oh, you took the shot. Oh, you're going to die. No, you took the shot. Bad mistake. All sorts of stuff we got to talk about in choices of whom you served, your, your, your repentance in that process, but we're going to heal you because God says we can heal all regardless. So Father God, we pray into the, the, the new child, the grandson, Jackson Holmes, eight pounds, 22 inches. Just a glorious blessing in this world. And he's come from two parents whom always JC is concerned, and rightfully so, of consequences, of medical consequences. In this particular case, it's this shot. So, Father, we're just going to play complete restoration in this family. And we declare restoration in the heart of each one. And with this, may this restoration move and shake them in such a way that their eyes turn truly to heaven. And they begin to know the root. And every healing, let us let it be known that as we pray into this, that the root of this healing comes from heaven, not from doctors, not from medicines, not from whatever. And we're also going to break any of the spell casting that's around this family, any doubt that's around this family. We're breathing life into this family and breathing life into Jackson Holmes. And whatever doubts, and they're deep because they've programmed this well, the convincing that somehow the offspring of the vaccinated will create a new species, that we rebuke this completely. We cast it out and cast it to the lake of fire. That's nonsense. This is a child of the Most High. We declare it and proclaim it. We wrap a hedge of protection around Jackson Holmes. We lift him up. And we now proclaim that any demonic attachments to him are severed and broken and they're cast to the feet of Jesus. And with this, we pray life into Jackson Holmes. And we pray restoration into Jackson Holmes. And with this, we pray life and restoration into the hearts of the parents. For whatever you have done, you've done. But now we restore you in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, this restoration now is part of an awakening in your heart of where this comes from, whom provides, whom you serve. And in this moment now, you have a choice to make, a choice of truly whom you serve. For your child is healthy child. The choice that you have to make is, as this child moves forward, you as parents, will you retain your healthiness within the world? This child is blessed, brought into this world, and now will be blessed and protected by heaven. But as parents, it's important now for you to lift this child up and do your duty, which is to protect him, nurture him, and bring him into the love of God himself. So, Father, we pray that sort of awakening within the hearts, a presence of Jesus in their life that's so profound that they can truly make an honest decision. We all have free will, but we know that when the king stands before us, that free will turns really quickly to where we need to be. So we pray that blessings of love upon them and a blessing of love that wraps this family in and comforts this family and lifts them up. And for always, JC, we pray confidence in life into your heart to have no doubt that God is with you, is with this family, is with this child, that our prayers have supported that. And always, JC, that we lift you up and pray into your heart 
the confidence that you can now walk into your family without any doubt in your heart. Come out of agreement with doubt. So important. Come out of agreement. You have to do that. Speak it into the world. I come out of agreement with doubt. I come out of agreement with fear. I come out of agreement with the, the concerns of unhealthiness. And now step into the family as your grandchild and speak life because there's nothing more important right now as we build the wisdom class to the young class. This is it again. Speak life and let the child speak life into you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Please pray for Karen. Genetically, she is missing something that helps her detox. Stress and heavy metals are severely impacting her liver. She almost died from this when she was 30 years old. Her husband, Rich, has failed his stress test. His body is not functioning with proper blood circulation. His heart needs healing. He was jabbed, but Karen felt that mostly detoxed, felt he mostly detoxed through their energy healer. May they know the, their creator as he seems, sees them and longs for them. Christine Taylor. Okay. Energy healers. I don't know if they're Christian or not. I don't, this stuff kind of gets me a little bit eebie-jeebies. Nothing personal, but let's, let's get into the root of it. We're going to heal. We're going to heal through the body of Christ. If we're going to heal, we're going to heal through the blood of Christ. If we're going to heal, we're going to heal through prayer and the authorities given to us to truly heal into somebody. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't know the sense of the healing here. I've just run into so much of this in Portland where it's like voodoo magic and don't do it. And unfortunately, if it's not rooted in Christ, it is a portal for evil. And so what can be seen as positive is actually doing nothing more than giving access to demons. I'm not making that accusation. I'm just saying beware of it. You have to find those that are doing this in, in the true sense of the authorities given to them in Christ. Okay? That's the key here. So this is the true healing here is all through Christ. So Father God, we're just going to pray into Karen. We're praying into Karen and we're praying into her husband. We're just going to wrap them in a, just a, a hedge of protection rooted in the blood of Christ. And as that happens now, we're going to pour Holy Spirit into them from head to toe and toe to head. And any demonic and any anchoring of demonic is now flushed out. You can almost hear the demons scream, which is always a good thing. And we're going to break those ties of the demonic and cast them out. And we're going to pray the love of Jesus into your heart. And fill your heart to overflowing with this love of Jesus and an overwhelming feeling from head to toe and toe to head. This is true. If you want to talk of energy healing, there you go. Holy Spirit energy healing by, brought to you by Jesus Christ himself right there. And we are praying into that. We are pushing out any of the infections of your blood, any of the infections of your heart, any of the infections of heavy metals. And we're restoring your body as God intended. We're reactivating your immune system, your autoimmune systems. We're just literally praying life into all this. It's like starting the engine again, and we can feel it, and you're feeling it. And as we do this, it's a transformation that's happening within the body, shaking things loose, getting that, getting things going. And all these things that you've done, now there's only one focus. Your eyes are going to be on Jesus. And Jesus, we ask that your presence can be made before them in a profound way, in the dreams or in the waking hours. Let this be such a moment that what they see, what they impact is truly tied to him. And may that draw you into something greater, the word. No matter where you are on your walk of life, there is only one God, true God. 
Our creator is Yahweh. Our creator is the one God, the true God. Our, our creator is the God of hosts, to love what he loves, to hate what he hates, to speak life into this in a profound moment, and to let you feel that power, overwhelming power of kingdom love. And in so doing, root out that which is corrupted, pour in that which is perfect, and your body shall be restored. And we declare this in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone. A friend of my wife and I in, in her early 50s is in the ER with a blood clot in her lung. Had trouble breathing earlier today and apparently collapsed. So it's a friend of my wife and I. Okay. I know she got jabbed sometime within the past couple of years. No idea which jab or how many. I'm worried the hospital will have zero idea even to think of this as a possible and likely cause. Put her on a ventilator. Prayers would be readily, really great. It's all we can do. No, it's what we do, not all we can do. Okay. I'm, I'm, a couple of things I'm going to just frame right from the beginning as we frame this prayer. Love you. This is from Alex K. So just hear me out. Love you. But I want to rest, I'm going to retool this. Number one, the hospitals won't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit just gave this as I'm talking, which is that's part of the gift of the jab. This is crazy, but this is, I mean, this is like God, this is God that said it's bad is best. I've given you something that we know the hospitals can't correct. The only cure that can come is through your prayers of healing. That's profound. Mm. We become the extension of the physician's hands. I think this is amazing. Like, I'm really excited about that word. Seriously. I'm totally excited about this. That's like telling us now, my children, I've given you the key. I've given you the key. Stop worrying about the darn hospitals. They can't do it. Only you can do it. So it's not all we can do. It's not, it says it's all we can do. No, it is what we do. We are the healers. We are the, the deliverers. We are the hands of God to bring the miracles into the living world. That's so fantastic. And then it goes on. Update one. Hello, everyone. My wife and I, I uh, friend Alicia, I messaged about the other day who uh, definitely needs continued prayers. They couldn't do surgery, so they gave her medication to try to break up the, the clot. So it's just more of the, of the waiting game. Not sure what medication, if only hospitals knew the damage the jabs can cause and the things that, that uh, like uh, natokinase uh, would help dramatically in a situation like this. Update two, she has multiple clots and might have had a brain bleed but the bleed was tested to be nothing significant. It's likely due to the blood thinners. She's having filters put in her legs today and has to go on dialysis because her kidneys aren't working correctly, probably due to the significant events she suffered from. The multiple clots sound more and more to me like it's a jab related. These things are ticking time bombs in people. She's definitely not out of the woods yet, but apparently it's a step in the right direction. Question mark. Continued prayers would be really appreciated. Okay, Alex, we're going to pray like heck on this one. We're going to get this. But it is what we do, not all we can do. I'm going to keep saying that. Hospitals can't do this. They're using all these mechanical tools. I, this just cr cracks me up. I mean, we truly believe that a, a perfect creation that God has done will be solved with mechanical pumps and filters and, and, and knives. This is truly the, where the, we have the miracle of life in our hands to say that we can not only bring life as we co-create with God, a gift, but that we can equally, we can heal that life with the power of our faith and the glory of God. 
So let's do this. So Father God, we're just praying for Alicia, who is in the hospital and she's suffering from blood clots. And we know that there's a possible consequence of a shot, but we also are just putting that aside because that's also part of the spell cast. So we say this, Father, so we break the spell cast of the terminal death that's tied to this shot. We break it, we cast it out, and we're going to pray and replace it with a, a full voice and power of Holy Spirit and life within Alicia. We're praying life into Alicia's heart. I can just feel this pour in. And this is now casting out these darkness. We're praying life into Alex K, who's asking for the prayer to get step away from the doubt and step in and say, you are on point on this. Lift up your prayers and know that you're on point. You are now the deliverer of the physician's miracle. And we're going to back you up here. We're praying together. And we are all now part of the delivery of the physician's miracle, the great physician, the one physician. It's God, the one God, the true God, the God of hosts. And so he is here now and he is praying into this. And Jesus would just ask that your presence can be in that room, in the presence of Alicia, to put your hand upon her and put your hand upon her heart, to have her feel the love and the glory of kingdom, so she can see you and witness you in the glory of all that you are. And let that moment be so profound that it shakes her and shakes out any of the doubt. And this is the greatest weapon they've ever deployed. It's created in this injection idea. It's created so much doubt in our hearts. So, Father, we rebuke doubt, and we come out of agreement with doubt, and we speak life into these moments, and we speak life as the children of the Most High. And we lift her up, and we wrap her in a hedge of protection, and we flood Holy Spirit into her head to toe and toe to head. And all of these things that have become impure and become disrupted, we're just aligning and just really rewriting her entire DNA to become property and parcel and ownership and, and one of as a daughter of the kingdom. And so any of the re- re- demonic that has taken seat or residence or tried to have influence, your ability to influence her is now broken. And any that has taken residence within, you must leave. You have no more authority over Alicia whatsoever. She is a daughter of the Most High. And if you remain to stay, you understand the consequences of lingering after you've been told to go. For our word speaks of the word of the declarations given us by the king himself. We declare healing and we declare miracle healing over Alicia, which includes deliverance from any influences of evil and darkness. So you're cast out and cast into the lake of fire. Enjoy the burn. And so, Father God, we pray life and restoration, and we pray that you can dispatch with your grace the healing angels to surround her and to worship around her and to lift her up. And may this healing be known to Alicia deep in her heart that this came from you that this came from you in such a profound way to heal her and restore her. And in this process, as she's witnessing the king before her and the light of Jesus around her, she is now being transformed into a true daughter of kingdom that will now seek more deeply the love and relationship and all. For it's a fire that's now been lit within you, Alicia, a fire of life, a fire of passion, a fire of separating. And let this hospital be overwhelmed and stunned by the miracle healing, not being able to explain it because they can't anyway. And again, may this be yet another reminder to these doctors and these nurses that you are nothing without God. That the things that you do are purely of the demonic until you embrace God and stop trying to be gods, but be humbled and stop spellcasting on people. We rebuke all spellcasting and start speaking life into your patients. So may Alicia be that virus that's in the hospital, the positive kingdom virus that now takes root, demonstrates miracle healing, and now leaves the question and the seed, even better, of kingdom to be working in the hearts of those medical practitioners as they move away from their teachings and put their eyes on the love of God. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Oh yeah, I'm like waging war this way. 
update of some sorts on Tina. She had five surgeries from what I understand and is not out of the woods yet. So please continue to pray for her and her family. Thank you. God bless. Oh, God bless you. Kilted Patriot. We, I think we prayed for Tina last week and I don't remember the specific prayer, but we'll just do a, a, a block prayer over here. Father, we just ask that you lift up this daughter of kingdom, Tina, and we just pray for her and place a, a hedge of protection around here and ask you to deploy truly just a whole team of war angels around her to continue to lift her up, to pray for her, to heal her, and to restore her. And Father, just not remembering specifics of the five surgeries, but we just pray that all of this restoration will be happening in the miracles of your gift in your hand and through our prayers. And may Tina truly be restored. And whatever the surgeries are, that all of this is just a, a stepping to where the greater power of kingdom now as we pray into this, we are declaring healing over King Tina in the most powerful and profound ways, full restoration and healing in the name of Jesus, Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your prayers. Ted's procedure for 8 January was delayed until 29 January because of his whole family tested positive for COVID, which would be another word for the flu. He asked me to keep praying. Thanks, Christine Taylor. We have to be careful how we use these words. I'm going to keep banging on it. We have to be conscious. We keep using COVID. I hate COVID as a name. I mean, I read it, but I don't like using it. I don't even use it in my daily word because COVID is a flu. In fact, there's an amazing study I just went through about that exact thing, how they, there was no virus. And the guy's proven it. And he's proven it in the basis of comor comorbidities and proven how the majority of the deaths were caused by the PSYOP war of destroying people's hope and, and spark of life and creating isolation so that people literally became separated from the nurturing of one another and they died of other causes, but none of it was, was this COVID nonsense. It was all made up, which I've said from the beginning. So we have to be careful. COVID's a loaded word. When you say it, it triggers fear in people and we have to be, really just be stepping aside. The, the death jab obviously was their, their solution. They really tried hard to wipe out all the humanity. It didn't work. So, Father, we're just praying for Ted and his procedure, which is now on the 29th of January. We just pray the procedure is not necessary. We're just going to declare healing over Ted. And whatever this nonsense is about COVID, we just, we just cast it out. This is just a stress and, and level and environmental issue that needs to be healed through the power of Holy Spirit to flow in and let all of those that are being affected by ailment we need to keep our immune system strong in the physical. There's a lot of stress in our world. Stress is such a cause of destructive living. We have parasitic relationships we have to deal with. All of these things. So, Father, we just pray into this, the restoration of people and, and restoration of the, their lives, and we just cast out this burden and this, this, this uh, spell cast of COVID. We break it speak instead we speak restoration life and healing and we pray into ted that his his body his procedure that is not needed and when he goes in on the 29th they'll look at him and say we don't know why you're here there'll be no evidence or need for it and we, this is part of declaring healing and miraculous healing over ted in christ jesus name amen scott and my dear bards prayer warriors a friend sent me an update on evangelist Hans Schmidt, the young man that was shot in the head while preaching God's word. The update says that with the grace of God, he has been removed from the ER, but still has more healing prayers needed. Linz. 
Well, Father God, we're just praying for Hans Schmidt, who was brutally attacked, shot in the head. But we just pray into this now. This just seems to be something very restorative in a crazy way of, of heaven. Excuse that term, but in, in the only way that you could work, God, that this is going to be a moment in time when Hans is restored. And so we pray, pray miraculous restoration over Hans Schmidt. We lift him up in prayers and we wrap him in an edge of protection. We pray that the war angels will take guard around him and the healing angels will surround him. And we pray Holy Spirit within him and from head to toe and toe to head. And any of the damage that was done by this, this is going to be an example of being an overcomer in a most profound way, an undeniable way that he and his ministry and his testimonies will become so profound going forward that he'll be able to speak to the living God, speak to the power of healing and speak to the miracles. And so, Father, we pray upon him a blessing and pray an anointment as well upon him that as he leaves this, he will become a tremendous healer, a healer of hearts, a healer of bodies, and to be able to deliver the word in a new way. So let his testimony and his journey continue to lift up others. And may our prayers lift him up as well in a mighty way that he is restored to the full capacity his kingdom intended and the perfection of that of, of kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Scott and Bart's Prayer Warriors. This is my second and personal prayer request. A few months ago, we found out that my son Eric's ex-father-in-law, Noel, was diagnosed with an aggressive bladder cancer, which the spellcasting doctor said has spread everywhere. Noel is thankfully home from the hospital, but having difficulty breathing on oxygen and easily tired. Father, please forgive me, but I'm angry and frustrated because these two wonderful people were coerced by their own son and daughter-in-law into getting vaxxed in, in able to see their grand, unable to see their grandson in order to see their grandson. So far, Linda is in good health, but Noel has gone downhill since then. I pray for full healing for both them, both of them, Lynn's. Wow, that's a loaded one. Let's think on this a minute. Linz, I can feel your, your, your frustration. And so I'm going to pray. We're going to pray into Linz's heart, first of all. That there is a pray into a forgiving heart, not angry, but a forgiving heart. And remember, with forgiveness, there comes justice and, and accountability. So we pray into Linz's heart for a loving and forgiving heart to step back now and focus your prayers and focus your spiritual position, not in terms of struggling with the decisions that were made. Remember, these are always, at the end of the day, we're coerced, but we are we are making choices in free will. And we pray that with this, that there's a forgiveness that goes into your son-in-law or into your, let me get this right, the son and daughter, we pray, son and daughter-in-law, we pray into that, that um, there's a forgiveness there and then also we have to pray for their own healing and their own salvation. So, Father, we're going to begin truly here with the ex-father-in-law, Noel, and we just pray miracle healing into him. And this is, we're going to break those spell casts off of him, and we're going to speak life into his heart, and we're praying life into his heart. And, Linz, you need to speak life into his heart and pray life into his heart. And we break off any of these influences. And this is literally like what is showing up in the Spirit is just like it's like... Uh, uh, leeches all over him, drawing his life force down. And so, Father, we just cleanse him completely of this leech or leech attachments, and we break them off and cast them into the lake of fire. 
and we breathe life into him and we breathe a restorative umbrella of healing angels and we ask the healing angels can take a seat around him and we pray into this and pray into the, the spiritual wounds that have wrecked havoc with his body. And we pray life into his heart and restoration. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will fill him from head to toe and toe to head and just push out any of the demonic attachments. And Noel, wherever you are now, we're just praying into your heart to, to truly have the glory and, and overwhelming sense of love that comes from kingdom. And this is a true restoration in the love of God. So Jesus, we just ask that you'll make yourself presence and a presence is so profound that no, it's an undeniable presence of you, Lord, before him to give no either a chance to go deeper within you or a choice to accept you. And may this presence and this love of no just be like, like a viral explosion across this family, that it creates a shaking and a testimony within the family members as they witness this man being restored to perfection and a knowledge deep within them that they were part and parcel of some of this damage. But rather than being that guilt, be this a moment of accountability and repentance to where they truly start to see that where their journey has been and own that in their heart and to break the spell cast that is wrapped around them. Do we separate the sin from the sinner? And so we, this is where back to you, Lindsay, you have to have a forgiving heart, not anger. Separate the sin from the sinner. But this was a spell cast that wrapped around these people and, we, and a powerful one that had demonic forces tied to it. So we sever those, those influences. And we wrap a hedge of protection around this entire family and we breathe life and restoration and power of Holy Spirit within. And as those separations of the demonic are broken, we, we pray for the clouds that have settled upon their eyes to be removed and the cotton that has filled their ears to be pulled. And that now that they hear the voice of God and see the world through the God's lens. And may they each witness this power and glory of Jesus before them in such a profound way. So we raise this family up and we bless this family. And we pray, pray restoration, healing, and the love of Jesus to overwhelm this family. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Hello, prayer warriors. Thank you for your prayers of anointing last week. Amazed at how Father answered is the best I can describe the power that has flowed as Kevin prayed this week. Please join us in breaking a generational curse of fear. My father-in-law, Ken, was the first tailor in 400 years that remained with his wife and family. Ken's parents divorced when he was two years old. His brother was four and stayed with his father, Jack. Jack was an alcoholic and left his sons with his mother and stepdad during World War II deployment. The stepdad was incestuous with Ken's aunts and Ken was never properly cared for. After the war, Jack remarried but but she was also a drinker. Ken lived in poverty and saw nothing but broken lives in all his family. His dad never hugged him or said he loved him. Holidays were just an excuse for drinking, which led to violence and outbursts. Ken never finished school, but was blessed once he left home and created a life for himself with his wife, Carol, to whom he was married 63 years before she passed away from years of dementia in 2021. I'm going to read that again. Kevin never, Ken never finished school, but was blessed once he left home and created a life with himself, with his wife, Carol. Okay. Seven years ago, we moved and brought Ken and Carol in to live with us and four of our youngest kids. 
Our children also see the hurt, bitterness, and unforgiveness Ken has towards his family and have tried to bring healing. Ken is a believer but does not believe he needs healing. Join us in setting this captive free. Christine and Kevin Taylor. So, we're just going to pray for the healing heart. Father, the root of our love is a need to forgive in all things. And you teach us that. And as difficult as that is, as we step into a higher order of living and break from the flesh and anchor ourselves in the Spirit, we understand that the mightiness of the Spirit is so profound that that world, which is where we should be working from, is one that's roots in this infinite love without malice or anger, but is rooted instead on love and righteousness. And even at the moments of the most greatest fury of heaven, it's a righteous indignation to reset the world to that which is morally correct and anchored in love. Again, love. So, Father, we're just praying a blessing over Ken, an awakening of the heart as a believer to be stirred within, to understand that we cannot carry on the bitterness of the past. And with that, we are limiting our ability to reach into the greatness of kingdom as we anchor ourselves in bitternesses of the past. Hatred, anger, whatever those things are, they tend, they will hold us back and they'll be used by the enemy to limit. And unfortunately, much of this gets to a place that when we accept Jesus in our lives in this current world, we see that as a said and done that we've accepted Christ, and I'm not accusing Ken of this, but this has a framing of this, that as we are, as we pray into this, we're praying in that this is, if this framing is not there in Ken's heart, but rather as we accept Jesus, it is not a said and done, but a process of life, that the acceptance of Christ is the first step, that the journey then becomes getting closer to you to allow us to be refined, to step into the fires like Meshach and Bendigo and to burn off the dross. So, Father, we're praying for a moment now of Ken to be blessed with the blessings that surround him, a family that's pouring love into him, to now be able to be engulfed in the moment of forgiveness, to literally burn off the dross, to break down those rigid walls that are saying unforgiveness, but rather say forgive and release and step into something greater. So, Father, we pray this into Ken's heart. We pray life into Ken's heart. We pray restoration into Ken's heart. And we Pray a blessing over Christine and Kevin Taylor in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer requests. First one, Leah or Laya is a sister in Christ with ongoing health issues, asking for prayers while having IV treatments today at the hospital. Okay. And just going through this. All right. So, Father, we're just going to pray into Laya. I'm going to. Trying to see. I'm going to read all of these first. It looks like it's all tied in with one big prayer request. And second one is Lisa G is traveling to get an MRI in a city that is four hours away from home. It is forecast for 40 minus 42 degrees. Bad time to be traveling. She is also dealing with ongoing issues from that stem from vaccine injury. I'll tell you, and that's not just COVID, by the way. That's just the latest iteration of this nastiness. Heavenly Father, you realize, I mean, you realize that we have the power to heal. We just have to believe it. So every one of these people, autism or whatever, that they keep telling us like, well, you can't do anything about it. Whatever you do in your daily life, and I'm working on it daily, 
We need to cast that out that we can't. We have to turn it as that we can and we must and we will. And when we do that, we get rid of these fools, this spell casting they keep putting upon us, that somehow they hold the upper hand. They've got nothing. They can't destroy God's creation. They can damage it, but we can restore it. So that's what we need to do everywhere. When you see somebody, I saw this girl when I was doing the ark walk, the ark encounter. I think I shared that story. But I was leaving the ark encounter. And it was in Kentucky last fall. And uh, as I'm walking, there's a young girl that's walking and she's on oxygen and the mother is carrying the oxygen tank. They're not running on a, on a cart. They're carrying it physically. And I passed them and God said, pray. So I stopped and I went back up to the family and I walked up to them and I said, can I pray for your daughter? And they said, sure. And the daughter's eyes were dark and she's just like exhausted. And I put my hand on her and I prayed into her and I watched her eyes spark up with life. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm convinced that she's healed. I don't know. I'll never know unless God shows me. But I mean, he'll never know. But I'm convinced that she's healed because what, we, what God gave her in the moment through just that prayer was a spark of life. And that's a lot of what this is. We, can, we are the healers through him. So to finish this, Heavenly Father, this is part of the prayer request. We lay burdens of these women's health issues at the foot of the cross and trust that you are leading their healings. Thank you, Lord, for strong children that support their mother, Laya, while she is feeling weak. It is a blessing with her daughters to have a strong faith and are able to be compassionate members in the body of Christ. Lord, you know all of her needs, and we pray your hand is leading her in and providing for her each step. For Lisa, we pray a safe travel to and from the hospital as well. Father, we pray for the medical staff wisdom to put the plan together for the future of their these two ladies. Their faith lies in the hope only you can provide. The one day all will be made new. Comfort them, Lord, and show them how the, your glory in the, the staff they will work with and increase their faith in the works of Sovereign Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Warriors for Christ. Oh, this is an easy one. We're just going to pray that you're completely miraculously healed so that the Father has, so that the hospital has nothing left to do. And then the staff can go, oh, I don't know what to say except you're miraculously healed. And then we shake them all up. That's kind of the goal. So, Father God, we're just going to pray for uh, Laya, who has ongoing health issues and is having an IV treatments in the hospital, and Lisa G., who's traveling for an MRI. And whatever these outcomes are, we pray complete hedge of protection around them as they do their work and move around, especially in this adverse weather. We pray healing and restoration, and that every moment that they're in this process now, it is a process of healing and restoration. And that the hospital itself has no effect on this. That When they go to the hospital, it's like whatever the hospital does, good or bad, it turns into a magnified positive for heaven. Seven times they get healed faster. And that this is truly a moment where the hospital remains perplexed and confused. They don't understand this. And let this be another, another viral, heavenly virus that sits inside the hospital walls, that seeds truly the understanding that the doctors that are doing this work are doing nothing, that is truly the hand of God. And through this, they start to question their own upbringing, their own cult of thinking, their own spellcast nonsense that they put upon them. And we break any spell cast wrapped around these women and we breathe life into them and restoration into them. And we just pray that the presence of Jesus, you can make yourself presence and known before them. Let them touch and see the glory of our King. And in the process, let them each be drawn closer to you 
and let their hearts be filled with you and let this moment be one of miraculous healing that they know within their heart came from you, that they can then become the voices of the greater army in Christ, speaking miracles of life into the world. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this is a big one. I didn't figure this out here. Hmm. Okay. Oh, this is, okay, this is Rescued by Love. This is CJ and Rick. Okay, prayer points. Funding fundraising for the future events, some great things ahead for the Kingdom of Oregon. Volunteers for different positions, social media, marketing, PA, camera, photography, etc. Prayer to cover current volunteers. Prayer for people who are praying for and ministering to. There are, there are a few projects in the works. We need covering as we move forward. Prayer covering for Pastor Rick and Pastor CJ. I'm going to read all these and then we'll just kind of wrap it into one big prayer. We are in the works to bring John Ramirez to Portland. Let's continue praying that breaking down the strongholds in our state, free God's people. I think he was a, a Rick Ramirez was a former Satanist that has gone to Christ, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's part of the work next month of doing um, spiritual warfare training, which I'll get more information on because I might actually go there. We'll see. As I mean, as part of the team. I'll let you know. Covering for both pastors Rick and CJ as they continue to shed light on the darkness. Protection from retaliation. This is a big season of satanic holidays full of rituals and evil things. Pray for the children who are chosen to be used. Pray for God's perfect will in their life. Prayer against the spirits attacking each person in the group. As I am typing, I can feel self-pity, oppression, doubt, fear, and anger lurking behind trying to attack. In this group, we have many looking at facing the holiday without a loved one. I think this is just a repeat prayer we already did before. Let's come together and bind up any tormenting spirits. Let's pray as a team to grow and ask God to cause us to love what we what he loves and cause us to hate what he hates. There it is. And phrase that keeps coming up lately. Many that spread to the people around us. May that spread to the people around us. Starting off just by just praising Jesus for all that he has done and all that is about to be released. I thank God for allowing us to come together and pray for each other. Prayers for upcoming event. Host speakers, volunteers, all needed praying. And so there's more here. Okay. Um, we'll get into the second part of this in a minute. Okay, so this is the first part, just in these broad prayers. We're going to get into some specifics. But um, one thing I just want to say is we have to be careful not to overpower and give too much power to the strength of, of um, the demonic. This is not anything against what CJ is saying. I just want to be, she would agree with me. We have to be very careful because when a person, we start to embrace too much of this idea that demons have control over us or influencing us, we tend to give it more power than it's due. There's no question that there's a demonic realm here that does evil things. And there's no question that the work of the demonic is to create spiritual damage and physical damage, create portals that allow demons to come in. But we have to realize that we are still the children of the Most High and that we are overcomers. And through the embracing of all the Christ brings, all that can be just shattered in one go. And we've seen it. If you've done deliverance, you know that you can see people go from zero to purely cured, healed, should say, in in a single session. 
It depends on how much their willingness in their heart to open up and accept Christ. But the greater part of this love of Christ is to for us to be able to walk outside of that. We are not of this world. So some of the, we forget in times that much of the, the deliverance work is not rooted just in separating demons or doing inner healing. The true deliverance is to bring those pieces together to deliver person to before the throne so they can understand and see and know what God intends for you in this world. That's the ultimate goal of deliverance. And it's powerful. So, Father God, I'm just going to lift up Rescue by Love Ministries and with Rick and CJ and ask for a blessing over them, a hedge of protection around them, and pray into them for all the work that they continue to do. And to Father, we just pray for the many events and things that they're working on and trying to expand their reach across Oregon and expand their reach around the globe as they become a resource to help people break from the ties of the demonic and to heal those deeper wounds that have been caused by trauma in particular and specifically satanic ritual abuse. And sadly, Father, there's just too much of that in our world. So we pray healing and restoration into each of the lives that go into the Touch RBL Ministries. And with this, we just pray a continued work that they do in trying to lift up those wounded souls and to truly feel the power of, of Christ to flow within them. That with all of these things that are there, these painful memories, to be able to see this rewrite of their events in their life, to be released them from the chains and the bonds of the past, and to truly walk into a place where the holiness of Jesus can fill them, consume them, and leave them in such a blessed place that they can be overwhelmed and freed in the love of Christ. So, Father, we pray that blessing and anointing over RBL Ministries, rescued by love, CJ and Rick, and may their work continue to lift up the many, may their efforts to raise money to bring in, to bring in the pastors that can speak the truth of what's going on, like John Ramirez, to give people more spiritual tools and weapons in this war, that we can wage this war, understanding that this enemy is a relentless enemy, and that we have all the tools and the ability to conquer this enemy, but we have to pivot from playing equal one-to-one with the enemy and step into the realm of kingdom to truly walk as not of this world, but of the authorities given to us by Christ, that we are the stewards of this earth. We are the, we are the priests and, the, and the, the princes of this world, that we've been given authority over all evil, that we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ as a tenant move, that we must heal the sick and the broken. We must deliver people and we must cast out demons. And in so doing, raise the dead in, in, in both spiritual and physical in such a powerful form to restore the body of Christ and the power of kingdom on this land. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. And we've got some specific requests here. Gretchen, pray for deeper intimate walk with the Lord, more compassion and understanding of others, wisdom, knowledge, discernment for more peace. Pray for immediate family and extended family for salvation, deeper intimacy with the Father, more spiritual discernment, insight, family. Okay. We're going to pray for Gretchen. It's going to pray into this. And it's just, a. this is really about a choice of whom you choose to serve and how much you're willing to let go of your doubt. So you have to step away from your, your agreement with doubt and hesitation. And obviously there's, when we say these things as well, there's some sort of piece of self-admonishment where you're trying to tear yourself down. That's just, that's nature of who we are. And that's there. So we, we pray against all that and just pray that you come out of agreement with that, Gretchen, and step into the agreement that you are going to have an intimate walk with the Lord, that you're asking for that deeper work, work from him. So ask it, pray into it. So Father, we just pray for the courage in Gretchen's heart to ask for what she needs directly to you, not to route through us, but to turn to you and to route through it. And we pray that, that she gets that from you. 
And we pray that from the family's point of view to remember that Gretchen, you have a critical role in this. You have a process of bringing and delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ through the actions and the process which you walk, the deeds and works which we do in the world. For faith without works is nothing. So Gretchen, we just pray into that for you. And as we pray into that, you be the strength and the light that the family needs. And as far as deeper intimacy and spiritual discernment, let that be just part of what you ask God to bring and trust in him. That's a deeper level of trust to turn over to him. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Jenny, my husband is starting family counseling with, with his daughter tomorrow. I was supposed to be there, but she refused if I was. Prayer that it goes well and that it will be a good start to reconciliation in our family. Even more important, praying that her walk with the Lord, I pray this is the year for the prodigals to return home. Please pray alongside me for my stepdaughter. She has been estranged from my family for a few years now. She developed an eating disorder in 2020 when she was only 16. She has been seeing godless counselors and antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications ever since. We believe she has was stepped. She has stepped away from her faith. Specifically, I pray that her faith is restored. Reconciliation with us, getting off the medication. The medication will no longer have a grip on her. Healing of her heart, her disorder, and her mind in Jesus' mighty name. And then it says, praise report. My stepdaughter actually responded to a text for the first time in years. I'll take that as a praise. Although she's short, full of attitude, and really not nice, she has agreed to meet my husband and I for dinner next week for his birthday. Please be praying that her heart softens as it goes well. Well, her heart is softening. That's a good thing. It just doesn't show because there's a lot of wounding. So for Jenny, we just pray into this this family, these extended the family pieces that are trying to be healed. And we just really pray that these prayers can overcome the godless counseling that's going on. But rather, we pray into the hearts of her husband's daughter and her stepdaughter, which I'm assuming is the same. Um, hang on a minute. Okay, so I believe these are two of the same, is what I think. So we just pray into the, the daughter, stepdaughter piece here. And then as we pray into this, we pray in healing into her heart. There's a lot of wounding there. And I, it's not clear what it is, but it's definitely a lot of wounding. Wounding, if it's, if it's pointed at Jenny, my guess is that there's a wounding of the separation, the brutalness of, of a what divorce always does. It tears, truly at the spirit, it tears something within the children. And that separation here is, is what, probably why she is not agreeing, didn't want her in counseling with her, with her dad, that's the daughter, and why Jenny's not included. And then Jenny, I would say that that's also part of the uh, snippiness you're feeling. It's not directed at you. It's the pain and the injury that she's carrying from this divorce. So Father, we're just going to pray into this, that there's a healing and restoration in the heart of, of this stepdaughter and daughter and to lift her up and to truly let her feel the power and love of the Holy Spirit that fills her and overcomes her. Let that power of Holy Spirit flow through her and overwhelm her just to give her the overwhelming sense of joy and love something she's never felt in the fullness that she seeks. Let her hear the words of her father and let her father be humbled before her. Let the apologies flow, let the, the compassion flow, and let compassion flow in Jenny as well. Let the heart of a compassionate giver be part of this nature here. Let the, let the heart of a loving, forgiving parents be, be here. And as we see these things and we respond to the, the negative, let each, each negative word that she speaks be re, 
be responded with love and compassion. And let love be the key healer here. So reconciliation is all possible within the body of Christ. The medication is a big deal. So Father, we just need to speak into this medical piece and we rebuke this, these demons that have taken root in her and the medications that are creating portals. And we just rebuke that and we cast that out and we truly give her the inspiration within her to know that she no longer needs this dependency. This dependency is a crutch for the pain that she carries to try to find a solution to something that's deep within the heart. So medication becomes the, the bridge to the demonic, but it also becomes the offering of hope. And so we, we, we break that spell cast and we separate that from her and we pray into her that this medication now becomes something that becomes weighty, burdensome, horrible to take. And there's a natural rejection and revulsion of this medication as she steps away from that and when she's flooded with the power of the Holy Spirit, flooded with the love of her parents and to lift her up and to have her heart healed and restored and that this family, and we pray a blessing of reconciliation and restoration in this family at the very root. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Please pray. Family of five lost home in fire. They are all okay and staying with friends. Wife lost dad less than a year ago. They are having a hard time. Thank you. And then this is on another one. On a lesser note, I'm struggling with homeschooling. There is a lot of complicated things to our homeschooling. I am trying to find a right way without causing others pain and protecting my children. My past makes it even more difficult. All of this has stressed me to a breaking point, but in prayer I get to hang on and pray for help. So I also ask for your prayers for me. My past is a very strong mix of blessings and deep pain. There is something that hangs on my sister and, and that hangs on my sister and that I have been praying for a while, not on, that it on, is not affecting my life now, tiring me down. Thank you, and God bless, Sasha. Let's begin this prayer for this family that lost their home in, the, in, a, in a single family, single-parent family. So, Father, not knowing the details, but we just pray for a, a hedge of protection around this single-family, a single-parent family that has lost, it's literally lost its, its father, and we just ask that, this, that the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of our true Father flood this family and raise these children up. And in this time of trial, may they just be blessed with just the outpourings of community in heaven to help them restore and to pull things back together. And may they be blessed with all the love of Jesus that can flow through their, through their family. And this time of trial that they turn to you and not turn outward, but turn to you and stand in, in unison, back to back, fighting away the enemy, but praying into you in all things they do. And may that blessing of, of Jesus overwhelm them. And Jesus, may you make your presence known to give them confidence and strength and healing within their heart. And we pray life into this family. Pray healing into their hearts and restoration in their hearts to see this as a moment of overcoming, that they will, through their faith, all things will be healed. In Christ Jesus' name. And then on to Sasha. Sasha's the commending word here of what you're doing to protect your children in homeschooling. There's also a pretty sense of doubt that you're doubting yourself, and you have to come out of agreement with doubt. I'm not saying what you're doing is easy, and I'm not saying what it is is easy, but there is one thing that came to mind as I was praying, and that there is a wisdom class. There's elderly around you, I would assume. And I would say try to seek out some of those elderly that you can befriend 
or that you know in your community that would be willing and excited to participate in helping you and to help you, the children. This is a brilliant place here, and you're in a good mo- place, and it's you're, you're calling out to Father's beautiful because this is realizing that you're getting to a point where it's more than you can carry, but let, let that blessing fill you, and, and it's the word came as I look towards the wisdom class. And I, th- I think you will find an answer there. But nonetheless, we pray into you. We pray blessings into your heart for being so courageous to take on the homeschooling of your children. We pray confidence in you to know that you can accomplish anything because you've already determined to do that. We pray the power of motherhood and, and nurturing and that beautiful blessing that you've given your children to protect and nurture them. And we just pray, God, that you'll just pour down upon her the increased blessings and anointings that come with that courage to step into this time to homeschool children. Lift her up and lift Sasha up and bless them with all the resources they need, all the connections that they need to make this homeschooling effort successful and to set a new an understanding of a way ahead that will help others model and, the, and that Sasha can lead. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Over the past month, I have reached out for prayers for my homeschooling issues. I want to reach out for prayer for the Cantrells on what their curriculum looks like. I'm wanting a very unorthodox approach of living and, and learning, and I'm getting in prayer to reach out to Mrs. Cantrell. I don't know if I can help, if, they, if you can help me with that, but I'm reaching out in hope that you can. Thank you, Kansas Mom author. Yeah, I can bring this to the Kentrells. They're getting in a position right now where they're getting ready to, in the near future, do a podcast on a lot of these issues, which will help. Um, and so I'll send a note to Nikki to find out how we get in touch with Kansas Mom Author and let the Kentrells take that. But Father, I'm just going to pray that Kansas Mom Author can find her solution that she's seeking for homeschooling solutions. And this is one of the biggest problems we have is finding the material so, Father, we just pray into Kansas Mom Author and just pray into the bridge. If it's whatever that bridge is you intend to build to provide the support and the nurturing that she needs to raise up her own children and to do so with, with these unorthodox approach of living and learning. And just to understand as well that homeschooling is a dynamic model. It's even discussions we've had recently. And that dynamic model is one that we can truly, uh, we have to be adaptive to that it isn't just a fixed curriculum. This is one of the biggest lies ever in schooling, is that somehow we are supposed to get a system that teaches children. God's system is the world. And so part of the, of the homeschooling program is to incorporate the many things outside of text. Bible is foundational. I can tell you that right now. The Bible is the foundational part of teaching. That's where the founder's Bible is truly profound in so many ways because it is the one book that could teach you everything you need. Having an experience in living in the farm and living around animals and doing gardening, that is absolutely critical to a child's development because they have to learn the skills. It's far beyond the skills. It's connecting with God through the actual dirt of the earth. And so there is, and then there's this piece of not keeping people, children restricted. We have this regimented idea of homeschooling, like you're supposed to sit at a desk at a certain amount of time. That's not true. Children need the ability to sleep. When they need to sleep at times, they need to have, to have the responsibilities of chores. They need to have the responsibility and the freedom to go out and play, especially boys. They need to be unrestrained in what they play. Let their imaginations develop. And with this, they develop a basis. And I can tell you that's not only some of the Cantrell's methods, it's my own experience in doing this. 
This is how you do it. So to Kansas Mom Author, we pray for you. We pray for this. We pray for the understanding that to break away from restrictions, the unorthodoxy is part of what is natural to God. And so what you're seeking is God's way. So we just pray into that and pray that God will continue to show you. Holy Spirit will continue to bless you. And that we'll make this bridge for you as we can. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Hi there. I would like to get a prayer for my roommate, Bell, Bill Peake. He has melanoma stage four. He is on medication now and he's doing okay, but he needs all the help he can get. Please pray for him. Also, if I can get a prayer for myself, Abraham had bladder cancer. It came back a couple of times. The last checkup, I was clean, but please pray for me as well, Abraham. So a couple of things right away, I would suggest, Abraham, that you check into Dr. Lee Merritt's protocols for antiparasitic treatments. Cancer, as we increasingly understand, is more of a parasitic attack than it is parasites it is, and the outcome of that other than some sort of strange growth. And it's the body's attempt to isolate infection. There's a lot of different theories going on right now, but cancer is absolutely opposite of what they're teaching us. So the antiparasitic treatments seem to be very successful with Dr. Lee Merritt. And understanding what the body is doing is another thing. Tumors, for example, are isolating an infection. They're not actually, um, they're, they're not actually the cancer itself. And the problem is when they take out a tumor, many times when they rupture it, that the poisons go back into the body, which are horrible. So um, check into Dr. Lee Maris protocols. It's extremely important. So Father God, we're just going to pray in healing with Bill Peck. We wrap a hedge of protection around him and we declare miraculous healing over Bill Peck and his melanoma. And we just pray that there's a restorative sense here that the truly power of kingdom and the the power of Holy Spirit flows through him and lifts him up and heals and restores his body, casting out that demonic and, and parasitic approach to his body and cleansing him and restoring him in the fullness of the body of Christ. And equally, Father, we pray for Abraham, same magnitude of glory of heaven. We pray life into Abraham. We pray restoration into Abraham. And we pray that the bladder cancer that is there is null and void, is, is cleansed out. And that any sort of attempts now to move forward of this, these dark elements within the body are no longer allowed because the bodies are filled now with the power of Holy Spirit, the power of life and healing. And that for Abraham and for Bill Peck, we just Pray into your hearts to break off any spell casts that have been given to you about the terminal nature of these. Stage four, for example, we break that curse. We cast it out. We pray into life and that you are overcoming. This is the power of heaven that can overcome. That The devil cannot take away anything that heaven's given you. That only by our free will can we give it up. So we break that those chains and bonds that have infected thinking to think that somehow this is terminal. These are not terminal. Only if we embrace that. Pray in life and speak life into yourself and each other. And we lift you up in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, I need prayers for my 16-year-old son, Gavin. He is under attack and now thinks he's gay. Well, at least bi. He is not. God does not make mistakes. He was baptized late 2023 and has been watching some of the deliverance videos from Pastor Dave. I have deployed the war angels through the prayer to protect him. He, We just need prayer for him to continue to cast out lies that the enemy is telling him. We need the hedge of protection re- repaired. 
our family, myself, and my husband, Anthony, my daughter, Ava. Holy Spirit, guide us and protect us. Scott and Barb's family, I have been listening and praying with all of you for three years now. God bless and thank you, Rachel McClintock. Well, nice to have you, Rachel. Happy to pray for your family. So I, I think the first question we have to ask in any of these cases is, is your child in public school? And if it is, there's your core problem. I'm, I'm just That's something we have to address. Because I'm not saying it is, but if it is, it's something you have to get to and find out. These demonic attacks don't come from nowhere. They come from an influence and a weakness. And if, the, if we aren't nurturing our children in an environment where every morning there's prayer and worship and we're putting that before us to set up these hedges of protection, children become very vulnerable, especially in this world right now. When they go through hormonal changes, 16 years old is a critical year, year era for hormonal changes, where the, the young man is becoming a boy. He's able to truly start to be able to have his seed in the world to co-create with God. So it's the ideal time for the enemy to attack that and uproot that. And a lot of this is the influences around the environment. This is the cultural war versus the root of faith. And culture is powerful. And so these are questions that we have to ask as to what's going on. So we pray into Gavin. We pray life into Gavin's heart. And we pray the the prayer of restoration into Gavin's heart. So, Father, we ask for a hedge of protection to be placed around this family and a hedge of protection placed around Gavin. And with this, we anchor this hedge of protection in the blood of Jesus, and we declare Gavin to be that of kingdom. And we reclaim Gavin in the name of kingdom. And so the demons that are there have to know that you're now rebuked and that you have no authority over this child of kingdom, for he's the son of the Most High. And so we pray life into Rachel McClintock and her family, and that you need to now pray life and pray into your son and speak life into your son. This is very important. This gay spirit's a very deadly one. It's, I mean, it's a very difficult one to break. And so you need to speak in there. And somewhere in there, there is an unforgiveness that's happening within Gavin. He's seeing himself as unworthy. And I don't know where that's coming from, but we're breaking off that tie of says unworthiness. And we cast it out and we speak life into that. And we speak these words, Gavin. Gavin, you are worthy. You are worthy. You were made in perfection as God intended you to be. Whatever is telling you otherwise is a demonic voice. And so we cast that out and rebuke it and we bind it and cast it to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus, we just ask that your presence can be known and profound in such a way that you can step into Gavin's life and show him the glory of all that you are to let him be filled and consumed with the light of, of you, Jesus. Let him know who our king is. And we declare that in your name, in Christ Jesus' name. And so Gavin... We're speaking life into you. We're declaring healing and restoration in your heart to know that you are worthy, you have been made perfect in God's image, and that the tendencies you're being drawn to are truly an attack. And this is how the enemy works. And whatever that unworthiness is, this is something that Rachel McClintock and your husband are going to have to get into. There is a piece here that your son has been exposed to an unworthiness. I don't know what that is. Could be a gap in love, could be some trauma in the family, maybe something even darker. May have been a sexual trauma that you don't know about, or that's within the walls of your family. And it's not a rebuke, it's just a speaking of honesty of where some of this comes from. And so whatever that trauma is, there's a trauma that's been left on your son's heart. And enough to make him feel that he's unworthy. Maybe it's a traumatic experience with a girlfriend, or maybe it's something that's been hammered in public school that he's been told to be unworthy. These are all traumas. But there's many things here, and ultimately in the parenting and the reflection of that, the child is screaming out to you, and telling you that I'm unworthy and you didn't make me right. 
You are, and that influence is profound right now. It's within the culture war to tell the children that their parents were wrong, that they did not raise them right. This is the idea of these dark images that come in like the suicide spirits, and they start to justify suicide spirits by saying, well, you're feeling that way because you're of the wrong gender. This is how they're getting these spirits indoctrinated and inculcated deep within the, the body of children. So we rebuke all of that, Father, and we pray life into Gavin. We pray a Holy Spirit into Gavin. We lift him up, and we pray a restoration of his heart and an understanding that he is truly of the Most High. He is made perfect in the image, and we are restoring him, and we pray life and healing into the family of McClintock's, that you may be restored and that you can speak honesty and love into the heart of your son. Speak life into Gavin, more than above all. Speak life and, and love of Christ into Gavin. And let this prayer be one of restoration, that any of the demonic that is attached to him be cast out and rebuked, and may the power of Holy Spirit fill this family, fill this Bill Gavin's heart, and full restoration be given. In Christ Jesus' name we declare, amen. Prayer request. My friend's little boy has a 103.6 temp. She said, and, and, and she said difficulty breathing. She is taking time, taking him to be seen. Please pray for his pray for him. His name is Coulter. We'll update when I can. Update. Fever has gone down, but hasn't gotten normal yet. Uh, Cutler is moving around a bit. CJ. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is part of this time. There's a lot of sickness going on. I think the thing to remember too is that we're we're all a little bit edgy. I'm not minimizing this prayer, but I want to be clear about something. We're all very edgy right now on these high temperature prayers, our high temperatures. When I was young, temperatures like this were concerning, but they, but we knew that they would pass. There was a confidence that the fever would break. There seems to be, in, in the time that we live right now, a certain sense of urgency and almost a little bit of panic. This is not to CJ, I'm talking in general. Happy to always pray for somebody that has a high temperature. But because we have had this COVID con put upon us, it's put in a new level of uncertainty and fear. And we have to break that. So Father God, I'm just going to pray a hedge of protection around uh, Cutler. And we just pray with the confidence and glory of kingdom. This young boy will be restored and healed. His temperature goes down. And whatever the body was burning off and getting out, let that be a perfect response in the immune system of kingdom is put within us. That this child is now stronger. And we pray strength and healing within him. We pray strength and healing within his heart and his body and his immune system. And we use this moment to develop a higher confidence in what he can overcome, not just for him within, but with those around him. And so as we pray into this, we pray healing, restoration, and the glory of Christ in his heart. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. This is probably the last prayer. I say probably because there was one I was looking for an email I didn't find. And I'm going to try to find it after this prayer. But we're going to see if this, this otherwise this will be the last prayer. At least I think there was one in email. I don't know. All right, update on Kitty. I went over to her house on Thursday. When I got there, she was a mess. The doctors had her so worked up about things she didn't have, she doesn't have. I had the opportunity to lay hands on her and pray for healing, casting out all the sickness that the doctors said she might have. Oh, this is the spell casting nonsense. The doctors do so well. Good job, Kathy. Talk to her about taking every thought captive. Wonderful. Good reminder. Rebuking the enemy of fear. Taught her how to use the scripture to fight against schemes of the devil. When I left, she was no longer crying and had total peace and was happy. 
She had a lung biopsy on Friday, so I went back to see how things turned out. She was feeling great. They only found a small crack in one of her ribs. They also said they would have to have the biopsy results next week, but it probably will be nothing. She told me that when I prayed over her, it worked. I told her that God gets all the glory and I was only the vessel. Praise God for his faithfulness, Kathy. Well, Kathy, awesome work, truly blessing to this. And we just pray, um, we just pray a continued healing over Kitty and just pray the magnification of Kathy's hands-on healing sevenfold on, on Kitty, that all that continues to go there, that Kathy's is blazing the way of what we all need to be doing is we need to be that point of the spear whenever called upon, that we are the extension of the great physician's hands and that we are God's, God's anointed that can step in and pray into this and know that in our heart of hearts that healing will be provided. So, Father, we just pray a blessing over Kathy through her continued work, and we pray a complete and total healing and restoration over Kitty. And within the heart of that, which is so powerful about this testimony, is that the power of overcoming the spell cast that the doctors do so well. Doctors are an extension of, an, of a corporate business model. The more that they can inject the ideas of sickness and illness and, and terminal lives, you get they wrap you into the cycle of payments and insurances. It's, it's nasty. And not all doctors are even aware that they do it, but unfortunately it's part of their way they're conditioned to do things. So, Father, we're just going to pray into this spell cast and break every one of them off, cast them away. We pray life and restoration into Kitty in a most magnificent way, and we lift her up and wrap it in immediate healing, and then any of that coming back from the biopsy, we just neutralize and say that there is nothing there. Her body is healed and fully healed. Her rib that was it was cracked is now fully healed, and we declare these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I have, I'm going to do one thing here very quickly and see if I can find a... Uh, here it is. Oh, it looks like I've got a couple of them. Hmm. What do you know? Oh, it looks like there's a couple coming in an email too. Okay, so let's start here. We do have a few more. We've got some that came in. Good. Okay, so let's start, let's start with this one. This was from January 7th. Let me check the date. That can't be. Okay, here's January 7th. This comes from Nature Cat. Okay. Um, Dear Scott and Bars Nation, I am grateful to pray with you and hope you can include this request. Please pray for Didi. Didi is a 95-year-old woman with no family who checked herself into private nursing facility five years ago when she sold her house and I first met her. Um, oh, I, we did this one last week. Okay, so we did do this. I don't know how that happened. Hmm. Oh, because it was a week ago. That's why, because it was last Sunday. That might make sense. Okay, so here's where we pick up. This is from Carla Brown. And um, I think it says... Here it is. Oh, finally got it. What do you know? I'm finally getting it. I'm like doing through 15 emails until I figure this out. Sorry, folks. All right. Hi, Scott. This is not from Carla Brown. This is from Allison Grennan. Okay. Hey, Scott, I have a prayer request for my husband, Joe. A brief background about us. We are longtime listeners and a Christ-following family of seven. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. We've been homeschooling our five kids for 11 years now. Ooh, congratulations. That's an accomplishment. We are semi-newbie homesteaders who left the city three years ago along with my husband's corporate job and comfortable lifestyle. 
as someone who's always desired country living and the entrenched lifestyle that comes with it, we stepped into the new humble life for reasons that are still being revealed to this day. God has blessed us with this amazing land, and we now steward. And while it isn't always easy, it's the most beautiful lifestyle I can imagine. Praise God. Around the same time we moved, Joe's body began to suffer. He has what doctors label an autoimmune disease called, I'm going to work on this one, bear with me, ankylosing spondylitis, Hmm. a fancy term for inflammation of the spine. His whole body, however, is in pain. He struggles to walk due to inflamed knees and lost more weight than is, than is healthy and frequently has inflaming flare-ups all over his body. He still works a physical job in order to provide for us, but it's getting extremely difficult for him. He refuses to take any medication recommended and has been managing his symptoms in natural ways through diet, supplements, and stretches that will prevent his spine um, from fusing together. While diet changes helped improve his symptoms somewhat for a while, lately he's getting worse. We're at a loss for anything else we can do to help him. He is losing hope and we will win that we will win the battle, which is heartbreaking for myself and the children to witness. That's the enemy's greatest tool right there, doubt. Doctors say there is no cure, but I don't buy that. There's always a cure. Doctors don't know it. It's always God. That's me adding. They might not have a known cure, but God does. Absolutely. I want God, I want a God cure. My prayer is for complete healing and restoration of his body, for all the inflammation to leave, and for his body to be completely rid of the terrible infliction that's deteriorating his body. I want a miracle, and I want to shout it into the world. Ooh, this is good. Little Holy Spirit right there. That God miraculously healed a man who the medical world considers to be unhealable person. Yes, amen. We pray for this daily, and today it's I'm asking for you and Bars Nation to join us. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you all. Allison, a.k.a. Allegren, you're going to get this prayer today. We're going to heal this man. Okay, a couple of things coming into this, and I'm t- saying this to Allegren or Allison. Okay, Allison, um, I don't know what diet you're on, and I'm not trying to promote a, a lifestyle, but I am going to tell you that if the carnivore diet does have amazing restorative capacities and that is cutting out everything but meat and fat and you can study it and I would actually encourage a more extreme version of a carnivore diet. Remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm I'm just giving you my Holy Spirit interpretation of what seems to be correct, at least calling on you to look into this. There is such a thing called a lion diet and the lion diet's difference is that you separate from anything other than ruminant meats and fats. It's very, that's like uh, cattle. That's like, uh, so it's beef and things like uh, lamb, elk, deer, that sort of thing, venison, so that you're not eating anything else but that. And then to pour into that, the power, that with the fats that are needed and do that for 90 days. That would be something I would explore and look into because that is a powerful, powerful uh, mechanism of healing. So if you, and I, you know, one of these things, I'm going to always pray that these prayers are heard. So if you know Allison Grennan, and you can point her to, this is the last prayer of the day. It'll be easy to find on the podcast. Okay. Um, obviously, your family needs to continue to pray life into your husband. This is a heavy, heavy demonic attack. And it's not a surprise that it's coming at him because he's trying to, the, the devil and the enemy is trying to keep you from your dream, which is all Jeremiah 6.16. 
seek the ancient paths, which is as God has led us in this entire movement. This has been a theme of, of us since 2021. Seek the ancient paths. So make sure your children and you are praying daily life into your husband and make sure your husband's getting that love and nurturing from your children. I'm not saying they aren't or are. I'm just saying they, that they're loving on him, hugging him, praying on him, and encourage them to seek the power of Holy Spirit and the blessings of healing upon them. I would also encourage you to investigate the protocols of Dr. Lee Merritt. As I'm as reading through your prayer, I'm hearing two things in Holy Spirit, which for those that follow this are probably the two things that come up the most. But it's a diet of, of it's really a fasting way of living, which is carnivore. If you want to look at it like that, that's a, it's a fast in itself because you strip out so many things in your life. But it has restorative abilities which spurn that within the body to stimulate healing. I would also look at Dr. Lee Merritt's protocols on antiparasitics. And that's available free on her website at medicalrebel.com. Those can have profound effects on the body to help restore that because so, sometimes this is, we are also dealing with parasitic attacks since we don't deal with anything else, since we don't cure, treat any of that. And then we're getting to the place of the true healing and the sense of the healing of those are the part of the flesh and now we get into the spirit. So Father God, we're just going to pray a hedge of protection around this family, in particular around Allison's husband. And as we pray a hedge of protection around Allison's husband, we lift him up and know that he is truly the, the, the provider for this family that the devil is trying to attack and take out. This is a man of courage and strength, a man now that's wearing down, and we're going to pull, we're pulling in reinforcements through prayer. And we pray into Allison's husband to lift him up in the mighty way. This is Joe. I'm sorry, this is Joe. So we're praying into Joe, and we're lifting Joe up in a mighty way, and we're praying a life into his heart, life and restoration through his heart, through his head to his toe. We pray, Holy Spirit, this flows into him from head to toe and toe to head. And Father, there is seems to be some sort of a, a, a dark and demonic attack here. This even could be ancestral in nature. So, Father, we're just praying a severing from any ancestral ties, and we're praying a, a severing and, and breaking of any dark curses that are upon him or demonic influences. As we place this hedge of protection around him, we literally are praying from with our hands around him, just like praying down his spine. And we're just seeing the electrified power of the Holy Spirit flow through his spine to reignite the life and the power and lifeblood within him. And any of the demonic ties that are there or any of the, the leeching parasitic pieces that are there, even anything of the ancestral curses, we just shed that off. And as we run our hand down his spine, we just see this just chains fall from him. We just pass that and cast that under the, into the feet of Jesus. And just and we rebuke it and bind it. And we come out of agreement and we pray that he comes out of agreement with any sort of pain. And so we pray life and healing and restoration into this body. And we pray the blood of Christ to just truly flow down his spine. And Jesus, we ask that your presence will be known, that you stand before him and touch him and let him touch and feel the power and glory of God. And let that fill you from head to toe and toe to head. And Father, we, we declare this healing in the name of Jesus. We declare a miraculous and instantaneous and glorious healing in the name of Jesus. That this man now, from a point where he's at, where the doctors have literally said there are no cures, we rebuke those spell casts. We rebuke them and cast them out into the lake of fire. And we, instead, we speak life and we say, the Father, this is a, a God of miracles, a God of all things, a God of a maker, a creator. There is nothing impossible by our God. And so we pray that miracle healing upon him, the healing of you, Father, that flows through our hands, through our prayers, through the prayers and love of a wife and a, and a family, and let the love of the wife pour into the, her husband. And so, again, Allison, 
Speak and pray life into your husband. Don't allow any of the spell cast to come into your life. Speak life. Rebuke all of those things the doctors have said. And for Joe, accept the power of Holy Spirit within you and speak life into yourself. Don't get worn down. This is all by design. You are under attack. And so the family needs to understand that this is an attack on the father. It's intended. Take out the father, you weaken the family. This is not going to happen. We pray at restoration, and we pray the restoration of this family at the very root. And so whatever demonic ties have come in there, whatever darkness is seated in there, we pray the, pray the purification of the blood of Christ all the way to the root of this family. For you've created a glorified family. You have five children, and this is an amazing moment. You're, you're homeschooling them. You're living the life. You're living the dream, and the devil knows this. And so we're, we're rebuking that, and we're setting a hedge of protection as well around your whole property. So Allison also has asked that you do this with your children, and, and if your husband can, but with your children, you need to pray and walk a bloodline around your entire property. You can do that even with wine and oil, to dribble that with the wine and oil as you walk your entire perimeter of your property and pray that property into kingdom. Pray it to be protected and, and, and holy and that there's nothing that, and no demonic forces can be there. And we bless that property in that way that you are stewards truly of a property of kingdom. We lift it up into kingdom and we say, Father, we ask of you with your blessings to establish war angels around the entire perimeter of this property. And with your blessings, Father, we ask that healing angels can descend upon this family and put their hands upon Joe and to pray healing and restoration within him. And we pray the light of Jesus that just fills this property and fills the hearts and that there's true and perfect restoration and declare this thing, declare all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I just have this sense this is going to be a good praise report coming out of this one. I love these. The best. The best. All right, Patriots, that's actually the prayers for today. It's pretty powerful. It's good. Good session today. And I'm happy. This is the way worship is done. We bring worship into the world. And then we get to hear all the praise and glory of God, which is so amazingly important in this time. Um, truly is amazing. So as we move forward into the week, oh, it looks like Nikki has one more here. Oh, we have, this is Philip Weber. I'm going to read this. This came from Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Bards Nation Prayer Warriors. This comes from chat. I have been receiving your prayers. Tuesday, this warrior for Christ fell with influence, uh, fell with influence, and A, with pneumonia, with 102 degree temperature, and four hours, I had my wife drive me to the local hospital. Thursday, the temperature broke. Friday started regaining my strength refusing some services such as oxygen and pharmaceuticals. The staff have no idea quite how to handle my recovery, planning on leaving here tomorrow. Well, praise Jesus. Philip Weber, your faith is powerful. We thank you for being here and we pray for you. So Father, we just raise up Philip Weber and we pray into his heart. And we just pray into this mighty warrior of Christ that has leaned into you and not into the medical tyranny and sought the recovery through the glory of Christ and the restorative and powerful powers that we have within us. So Father, we raise up Philip Weber. We pray life into Philip Weber. We pray healing into Philip Weber and immediate and miraculous and continued healing. And we thank Jesus for his presence in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I swear, if we had, if more people knew about this, we would never leave this moment. We'd be like starting one show and be going for a week and it'd just be recycling, <laughs> which would be pretty cool, but not. I'd have to sleep somewhere along the way. Patriots, it's a wonderful, wonderful day always blessed. And this for me is the greatest part of restoring the church, which is bringing the church to the hearts of the world. 
I love the prayer requests. I truly do. I just want you to know personally for me, this is the best show of the week, always. Because And I look forward to seeing them. And I look forward to the many prayer requests we get. And because it's such a powerful time when we come together and we can feel it, we can connect with it, and we know that truly we're doing God's work in, in such a tangible way. So it's really wonderful. So, Father, I just want to thank you um, for all that are here. And I thank you for the, the, the dedicated warriors of Christ that come here each day and also those that are online and not online, meaning those that listen to the podcast later that truly do listen to it and pray with it. Where you're a father, of, you're out of time. So all of this is a matter of just us coming together in the ways and times that we do here to pray into these things for one another. So, Father, you're a God of miracles, and we're blessed to be the vessels which you use to bring the miracles of the living God into the world. And we just pray for an increased momentum and magnitude of these miracles, that as our hearts seek you more deeply, as we step into those into the furnace, like Meshach and Bendigo, to literally have the dross burned from us and to become closer to you and to be refined by the true silversmiths, to be better and greater in kingdom. We just ask for the continued anointings and the blessings of healing and 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 restoration, and deliverance, and casting out and of demons, and the inner healing, and the raising of the dead, and, and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to flow through us and engulf us. Father, we just pray for a fire to touch every person that listens to these prayers, a fire to seek the word, to dig deep into the word, to not hesitate, to step away from any plans or programs, but to do one thing right now, to read with just an, an eager and a fire, an eagerness and a fire within our heart to read that Bible as hard and as fast as we can from cover to cover, and to start the year out with that sort of intense flame of spiritual, spiritual warrior sense in us, and that true righteousness that burns within us. And Father, we continue to pray a prayer of blessings and healing across all of Bar's nation, that no matter where they are, whatever anybody is doing, to to have that hedge of protection around them. And that includes resistance nation, and that includes all the black church nation that's slowly we're starting to come to know. We're just so blessed with that with the, and the blessings of Pastor Devonese and what doors she's opened for us. And we just thank you for what she's bringing to us and allowing us to connect with. And we pray for, for um, Myron Leiser and his connection with Navajo Nation and the Native American churches and the continued expansion of this in the, in the kingdom as we start to build a unity within the body of Christ, not defined by race or color or specifics of even religious titles or monikers and names of churches, but rather the unity and the love of Christ. And let us hear our, each other's voices and hear each other's voices in the unity of that it is, that we see things differently sometimes, with, but it's only, always the heart of Jesus that we seek. So let us hear that unity in our message. And the ferocity of what we're trying to do is just to raise up the glory of kingdom within this world. And let us be guided by that fire. And let us be impassioned by that fire. And let us truly walk in the anointment of this hour, the, the blessings that are given, the authorities that Christ gave us. And let us step in there and say, yes, Father, send me. And let us be sent in such a glorious way that we are courageous in this hour, that we never bow to evil, that we always press in and we never stop pressing in to know that we are truly the children and the sons and daughters of the Most High. So Father, we thank you in this hour. We praise you beyond words. We humble ourselves before you knowing that what you've given us and provided us are truly the weapons of war needed to defeat this enemy. We pray for the, the removal of all fear or hesitation within our hearts, all doubt removed, and instead pray in the glory of kingdom, the love of kingdom, and the strength of who we are. And we speak these things in the glory of all, our, uh, glory of Jesus, 
in all his might and glory that he brought to us and the gift given to us of eternal life. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Patriots, we thank you, as always, for being here on Sunday and Sunday morning. For those of you that are not in chat regularly, I would encourage you to join us in live chat. It's a wonderful experience, and uh, it's just amazing chat we have because this is truly the, where the community kind of builds its roots, and it's powerful, and I'm blessed to have you all here. Let's remember as well to spread the word about Bard's community space. This is an increasing place where we can exchange and in stepping away from Telegram and Facebook, we have our own home and we want to use that as much as possible and we'll continue to push that. And so let's and continue to raise each other up in prayers. Stay away from the, if we're going to listen to news, let's make sure that we're framing news in terms of, of the biblical lens and let's make sure that we're filtering everything through the word of God. Don't let the fears settle into your heart. It's what they want the most, and it's how they divide us. And let us pray for unity. But it's, let us also remember that there is such a thing as evil. So let the prayers that you also do answer these questions that God can only answer. Love what God loves. Hate what God hates. And be ready to wage war. Because we are in a war, and this is a war against true evil. And we will overcome this, but our war begins in the spirit, and we wage war in the spirit. We destroy the fortresses, we break the strongholds, and in so doing, we free those in the flesh. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Peace Be Still. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end.
so fast when you're alone.